Blog Talk Radio. Los Angeles in the morning, and the rest of you, wherever you are, we have got calls coming from all over this planet today because we have quite a treat to have a forum of authors. Actually, you know, they are authors, but the truth is they're more passionate about their messages, so they were compelled to write them so that you could benefit from them. This is a show that's here to help you be able to increase your health, your wealth, your relationships, your spiritual mindfulness, to help you think outside the boxes that you put yourself in and to equip you with tools that are going to be able to progress you or evolve you forward. After all, the whole motto of this show is to make life happen now. So welcome to Dr. Carol Francis, and we are going to have a wonderful series of authors to come. So get out your notepad, whether it's a device or paper, and start taking notes. We are going to start with Dr. Norm Rubillard. Are you there? Hello, Carol. Thanks for having me on the show. I am. You know, my mother, you're welcome. My mother always said, trust your gut, trust your gut. And here you are saying, <laughs> my health depends on my gut. <laughs> my gut's bacteria. Well, you know, that's, that's what I'll do. And I'll have my pen and pad out today as well for all your other speakers. Oh, wonderful. Well, you have written a book that I think is worthy for uh, all of us, for every single person, because we have to take really good care of our stomach, our intestinal tract. Tell us what the name of your book is and how people can contact you for more information than we can cover here. Well, uh, Carol, the name of the book is Fast Track Digestion Heartburn, and it's available on Amazon uh, as an e-book at the moment. Um, it's going into print soon, so it will be out in paperback. Uh, you can get more information by going to the uh, website FastTrackDigestion.com, or just go right to Amazon. Wonderful. And is there a number where they can call you at, or would you rather they just go to your email? Uh, they can. The email's fine. Norm J R one at gmail.com. Beautiful, thanks. People are going to want to contact you. I work with a lot of people who have a lot of heartburn, and the doctors over and over say it's all emotional. Go to the psychologist, go to the hypnotherapist, you can be taken care of. Yes, sometimes it happens, but the truth is the people that recover are the ones that also dovetail the bacterial interventions that you mentioned. So there's lots of good information out there uh, that it really steers people wrong. It looks like what you have here is good information to steer people right. So what 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 is the cause of heartburn? What is the cause of heartburn? Well, so um, you know there are a lot of approaches out there, um, and mm-hmm. geez, they're all over the map. They range they, they range from avoiding certain spicy foods, tomato sauce, fried foods, wine, even alcohol in general. Forbid, mm-hmm. God forbid that. Um, and especially the most popular treatment is over the counter and prescription strength drugs. Um, the problem is none of these approaches address the root cause of the condition. Um, some are just plain wrong. For instance, alcohol and fats don't cause heartburn. And the tomato okay. sauce is always getting the blame for pizza dough and pasta. Uh, mm. In addition, when it comes to the drugs, uh, even though these are popular because they're easy, you just pop a pill and you feel better. But what happens when you reduce all of the acid in your stomach is you don't absorb minerals and vitamins very efficiently. And over mm-hmm. time... They're now finding that there's health consequences 
including things like uh, bone fractures, breaks of uh, you know the mm-hmm. spine and wrist, uh, especially in older people over 50 taking these for a long period of time. Uh, there's an increased risk of pneumonia. And then uh, the most recent thing on the FDA website is dangerously low levels of magnesium in the blood. That can cause wow. muscle spasms, irregular heartbeat, and believe it or not, even convulsions. So long-term, you know, drugs aren't a good uh, solution either. Um, so uh, you asked about the cause. So for heartburn and other symptoms of reflux, uh, and those can include excessive gas, belching, bloating, indigestion, it's really all caused by one thing, and that's called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Uh, they call it SIBO. It's a medical term. Mm-hmm. And SIBO can be caused by a number of factors, but the primary cause is carbohydrate malabsorption. Mm-hmm. And that sounds complicated, but really it's pretty simple. When you consume a lot of carbs, not all of them are broken down fully and absorbed into the bloodstream. And so when they stay in the small intestine, they can be fermented by bacteria. Mm. When bacteria grow out of control, they can cause a lot of problems. But the big problem is bacteria make a lot of gas, carbon dioxide, hydrogen, and in some cases methane. And the analogy I always use is it's like dropping a Mintos into a bottle of Coke. A lot of gas is going to drive the reflux from the bottom and and into your esophagus. So it's a very um, unique idea, but one that uh, has a, a tremendous amount of evidence uh, behind it that I've found and documented in my book. That's beautiful. Now, how does this differ, differentiate from celiac disease or the helicopter? I always call it the helicopter disease. <laughs> how does it, helicopterist or whatever. Oh, helicobacter pylori. There we go. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, yeah. helicobacter pylori is is uh, an individual bacterium that can live in the stomach and it can cause ulcers. Um, I've found no evidence at all that it's involved in in causing acid reflux. Uh, In fact, if anything, it it actually lessens the acid in your stomach, so it could be a benefit. Um, And you mentioned celiac disease. So celiac, Crohn's, and some of the diseases like that are also diseases of, of malabsorption, where your digestive machinery is damaged, you don't absorb the foods as well, and so those conditions actually overlap quite a bit with acid reflux. So it's not unusual to have somebody with celiac or with IBS that actually have uh, acid reflux as well. Um, so there's a lot of overlap for any of these conditions that involve um, malabsorption. Beautiful. Now, Dr. Rubelard, you come to us with a great deal of experience. You are a research biologist. You spent 20 years in the biotechnology industry before founding the Digestive Health Institute. Uh, you, you, you speak authoritatively authority, with, with great deal of information behind you. Um, tell us about the outcome of people who have actually limited their involvement in these five types of carbohydrates. So, um, and thanks for that question and compliment. <laughs> I've been in the drug <laughs> business for a lot of years, and, and in fact, uh, I'm, I'm all for um, important drugs that meet unmet medical needs. But in this case, for, and for a lot of digestive um, conditions, I found that diet can be actually more effective and a lot safer than drugs. So that's the reason in this case I'm promoting uh, the dietary solutions. Now, um, you mentioned the five carbs, so I think you probably read some of my work. Um, it, it turns out that you know, if you just cut all your carbohydrates out, and that was the subject of my first book, Heartburn Cured, that's a very effective solution for acid reflux and, and IBS and other conditions like that. Um, but 
when I gave my book to Dr. Michael and Mary Dan Eves to read because they had written about carbs and heartburn in their in their bestseller Protein Power. Um, Mike took a look at what I was saying. He he bought into the theory completely, but he asked a, a very important question. Mike always cuts right to the the heart of the matter, and he said, "Which carbs are the worst? You know, if you could really just zero in on what which ones were the problem, you could just tell people exactly which ones not to eat." So I spent some time on that question, and I, I did come up with a short list because it turns out that the most difficult to digest carbohydrates are going to be the ones that persist in the small intestine, and those will be the ones that drive the SIBO and drive the reflux. So if you get rid of just those, you can you can eat the other ones if you care to. <laughs> I actually okay. um, go on. A, I stay on a fairly low di- uh, carb diet myself just to keep my my weight off. But um, the ones that will cause heartburn, um, I'll give you the list. It's fructose, lactose, resistant starch, fiber, and sugar alcohols, which aren't really a carbohydrate, but they behave like one in the gut. So um, if you'd like, mm-hmm. I could tell you a little bit, give you a little bit more information about each one of those. Um, fructose, uh, that's, you know, that's in the news lately. There's a lot of reasons it's not very healthy, but uh, one of them is that it it's, uh, can cause symptoms. Uh, it's found in many fruits, snack foods. It uh, makes up half of sugar. It's in high fructose corn syrup. So fructose is literally everywhere. Lactose is another one. Um, and lactose is, you know, most lactose is in milk and milk products like ice cream. Even though there's a lactose-free ice cream out there now that Briars makes, that's a good solution. Um, it's not as much of a problem in fermented foods like yogurt and cheese because there isn't much there anymore. The bacteria have fermented it during the process of making these fermented foods. Um, but if you're not a Northern European, who Northern Europeans are not lactose intolerant, but 80% of the rest of the world is lactose intolerant. So most of us really should watch our lactose. And resistant starch is really one of the most fascinating areas I've looked at because there's actually two kinds of starch, amylose and amylopectin. And amylopectin, even though it's a, it's a starch with lots of you know, sugar molecules linked together, it's easy to digest and absorb. So from a digestive standpoint, it's not going to be troublesome. But amylose is the resistant starch, and that will cause some problems. And what's fascinating um, is some... Some starches, like some types of rice, have a lot of it, and some rice have none of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you. I'll come back and give you an example in a, in a minute. But um, and, and you know but, what? We have like exactly one more minute, and, we're, and people, I'm going to leave you on alert like this. He has one more minute to answer questions. But you have to okay. contact him. But go for that one minute, and I'm going to get your contact information. Okay, sure. So, by the way, um, in just this last minute, I'll tell you that the um, the book has um, a number of recipes and meal plans and recipes for two weeks. And these meal plans and recipes are actually based on a clinical study that the Digestive Health Institute did with people in the Boston area that suffered from chronic acid reflux. So this mm-hmm. diet is clinically tested and that you're going to get the same meals and meal plans that the people in the study got. So it's a solution that's been tested in the clinic and uh, I think people would be happy with it. Now let me sh- leave you with one good example. If you look at two kinds of rice, Uncle Ben's rice has 20 grams of fermentable carbs, the fermentation mm. potential, I call it. If you switch that out with Asian sushi rice, you get three grams of fermentable carbs. Mm-hmm. So wow. that's the kind of difference this, this book Beautiful. points out, is that even though they look the same, they're, they're completely different in terms of driving symptoms. 
So Dr. anyway, Laura that's Rubillard, my. <laughs> you're awesome. I thank you so much. Again, your name of your book is. And it's Fast Track Digestion Hotburn. And they can hear about this more online. How? What's the, what's the website? FastTrackDigestion.com. Okay, thank, thank you, you so very much, much for Carol. joining us. I appreciate today. it. Yes. Oh, good to hear right. from you. This is great news. Now, we are excited to also be able to talk to another individual that is all about your ability to control your weight in a way that doesn't make you crazy. Is that right, Kimberly Willis? It is, yes, indeed. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling from the UK. You have a very interesting title called A Little Book of Diet Help, and I think I like that so much because it sounds like it's not a damaging diet that's going to make everybody discouraged. In fact, you really are a proponent for making uh, weight control easy and doable and friendly. But tell us more about that, Dr. Kimberly Willis. First, how can we contact you? Um, you can contact me via my website, which is KimberlyWillis.co.uk, um, and my book is on Amazon at the moment, um, and there's an email on my website as well. And her book, again, is The Little Book of Diet Help. Kimberly, how did you come to write this book? Um, well, I've been working with clients on a one-to-one basis and also running weight loss groups. And uh, a lot of people that I was seeing were taking away notes from the groups and teaching their friends about what we were doing. And um, mm-hmm. they were all starting to do, learn, lose weight and do really well. Um, and so I thought I should start writing it up into a book. And, 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 a, lot of weight lo- yeah, and a lot of weight loss books that I'd read um, were quite quite big, quite heavy, and I wanted something that, you know, uh, being a busy woman myself, that you could just dip into and just read a bit and find some tips that would actually help you. And you use some very different type of tips than a lot of people would use. Um, and, and tapping and hypnosis, tell us a little bit about both of those. I do. Um, in, in, um, I'm I'm all about making people feel better because when you feel better, you're more likely to have more energy, to eat better, to look after yourself. And in order to feel better, sometimes we've got to let go of some of the negative emotions. And and I like to put it that these chains that are attaching us to this excess weight. Um, and so I use something called tapping or emotional freedom technique. Um, and it's really easy. Anyone can do it. Um, it's based on the work that was done by a psychologist, Dr. Callahan. He started it in about 1980. Mm-hmm. And he was working with a woman who had a severe water phobia. And they'd been working together for a few weeks and weren't making any progress, really. Maybe a little bit of progress, but it was a really bad phobia. And um, and one day she came in, and at the same time as, as working with this lady, this doctor was also learning acupuncture. And one day this lady came in, and she had a stomach ache. And he, and he thought, oh, I'll be a bit clever here. And mm. I wonder what happens if we just tap on the, it's called a meridian, so these energy lines that are used in acupuncture. Um, right. This energy point, which is related to the stomach, which is under the eye. And um, so he got her to tap on this point under the eye. And after a minute or two, or a little while, she said, it's gone. And, of course, mm. he thought she meant the stomach ache. Mm-hmm. But um, she she ran outside into his garden because they were working at his home. And he had a pool there, which she had been terrified of. And and she looked at the water and she said, no, the phobia's gone. And wow. that was the first time he'd ever thought about there being an emotional, maybe an emotional energy imbalance causing causing issues in the body. So that was quite Beautiful. an interesting effect. Yeah. So 
Yeah, you know, so I'm assuming that this has a lot to do with being able to squelch the, the cravings. I, I've written a book called "If You Can't Stop Eating, Maybe You're Hungry." Reset your cravings because it's the cravings that actually make weight management difficult. People don't crave; they're they're really they're more into other things, uh, you know, as a rule. And and so, how do how do the techniques in your book also deal with food craving and turn those off? Well, the, some of the, the the techniques. I mean, obviously, using that the emotions of tapping. If you if you're doing that while thinking of a specific craving, then that can help settle the emotional energy imbalance and and lower the craving. But there's other ones that you can use, which are sort of an instant thing, which is brilliant because when you're out and about and and you're just suddenly craving something, say you're feeling a bit low and you're, you're starting to crave a donut or a chocolate bar, you can actually rub the the area which is under your nose and above your top lip. Which is an, I'm uh, doing a it now. Point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm doing that it now. That donut's just disappearing. <laughs> and if you do that for a minute or two, it's it's uh, in my course. I get everyone doing that, and they're all going, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, everybody do it." Go right under your nose, <laughs> and and that can help soothe. You know, and you don't look completely bonkers when you're outside, and um, that can and it can just soothe. In. And it's when you know that the food that you're after, it's not a real physical hunger. You know that it's it's an emotional hunger. There's something else going on. You need something to just send it away. So that's, that's so interesting. Really well. Could you say this technique of rubbing under the area of your nose for just a moment or two that soothes and comforts you and helps your mind realize that it's it's an emotional craving, not real hunger. That's what you said about that particular thing. This is yes. great. Okay, now, in addition, you're talking about the chemicals of the body, and I'm such a proponent. I deal with this all the time in terms of people come in and say, okay, let's deal with the chemicals that are affecting your mood or what's going on for yourself. And a lot of that yes. is exercise, sleep, and diet. And you mentioned specifically serotonin. Tell us how that's really yes. linked to weight loss. Well, this is I go through a couple of different chemicals, but serotonin is a key one. I mean, everyone's heard of it. You know it's the, the feel-good chemical, the, the chemical that makes you happy. Um, but a, a lot of the diet foods that we are sold as being you know, low in calories actually contain um, aspartame. Um, I'm not sure if that's the way you pronounce it in the States. Mm, um, but it, <laughs> but that's and, and that's um, a, a sweetener. Um, so it's lowering the calories. But in fact, as a chemical, it actually takes serotonin away from the brain. Um, there's a lot of documentation about it. So it makes you feel low. And so you're eating that thinking, I'm lowering my calories. But in the end, you're, you're getting in a vicious cycle of feeling lower and lower and craving more and more. So it's, it's, once you begin to understand what's going on, you can kind of undo that and realize. And then you can eat... Sorry. You're answering my question. What foods should people add that specifically stimulate serotonin? There are some foods. Um, things that um, are easy to get hold of, eggs are brilliant, almonds, mm-hmm. turkey, fish. I mean, there's a more extensive list in, in my book. And it's basically foods that are high in another chemical, which is called tryptophan. Um, ah. It's a, <laughs> which is what your body needs in order to make serotonin. So it's a very it's a very key thing. And you can get I get a lot of people you probably get this as well in your work that are stuck in almost like a depression cycle and mm-hmm. that they're eating a sugary food to boost them, but if if you increase more of the foods that are high in the chemicals that are helping them, then the cravings are disappearing and and things become better. Beautiful. Again, folks, this is 
Kimberly, Dr. Kimberly Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S, and she has written a book called The Little Book of Diet Help. And our final question is, what is the best feedback you have had about this particular book in terms of helping people? It was, it feels so strange to be losing weight and feel happy. Uh, <laughs> most, pe- most people feel sad when they're on a diet. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Beth, thank you so much for joining us from the UK. I'm going to let you get back to sleep because I think it's time for sleep. Is that right? We're over here. We're just oh, waking up. <laughs> it's coming up to it. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. It's been fantastic. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We're going to change our pace a little bit today because variety is a spice of life, but also because it's following author Lori St. John has written a book that is going to make all of us reflect on whether or not we are baldy enough, bold enough to really stand up for what is right. Lori St. John, do I have that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you do. Uh, you have written a book, uh, The Corruption of Innocence. Tell us how you came about writing this book. Um, well, The Corruption of Innocence is a powerful, um, riveting true story that will help people transform crisis into opportunity. Um, it's about a woman whose unwavering determination to save an innocent man from execution brings the world to stand witness to the injustice that she's unearthed in, in the criminal justice system. And this woman, myself, uh, drove her mission to a cause celeb uh, when she recruited the Italian and European parliaments and Pope John Paul and Mother Teresa, who all championed her cause in, in a bid to expose the truth and, and forestall the machinery of death. Beautiful. Now, is this you? You're saying this is an autobiographical reference? It, this, it, this is, in fact, me. Yes, it was. It is my story. It is a true life story. Wow, the corruption of innocence. What? When does it come out? Is it ready for people to um, read? Right no, now? it's not ready now. It's in the process of publication, and um, people can look at the progress on on my Facebook page, Lori St. John Author, on Facebook, and they can contact me at um, L St. John Author at Gmail dot com. L St. John Author at Gmail dot com. Beautiful. Now, I can understand then what inspired you to, to to work to write this up because you were working on the case. But what inspired you to actually work on the case? Uh, well, actually, I had no reason to believe that the criminal justice system didn't work, and mm-hmm. I went to mm-hmm. you know I was looking to find my purpose in life, and I volunteered to review cases of actual innocence, and and I studied this case relentlessly for four years, and the more I found out about the unscrupulous behavior of prosecutors who lie to courts and to the media and um I was I was astounded. Um I always thought the system worked properly. I wasn't a lawyer at wow. the time and I thought, you know, I, I think people expect the truth and we expect justice to prevail. And I became outraged at the government's ability to manipulate the courts and the justice system. So in my book The Corruption of Innocence I actually reveal firsthand you know, what I uncovered and witness intimidation, you know, suppression of evidence and a trial by ambush. I don't think that's what we, the people in our country, expect. I am so glad you're writing this because, I, you know, people come to my office completely depressed because no one's listening to them or not taking them sincerely, whether it's related to child abuse or uh, custody issues. They're just beside themselves because they can't get the legal system to be of assistance to them, and that's just on a small scale. So here we're talking about on the criminal scale. But why else is this important today that, that, that the listeners take heart to what you have to share about this? 
information? Well, there's a couple reasons why it's important. Unfortunately, the same issues and problems identified in this case, this particular case, uh, still persist throughout the United States and and other the governments around the world. Unfortunately, wrongful convictions are still a real part of of societal reality, um, even in modern times with DNA testing. So, it, not only is it important to protect the rights of the innocent and all people in our country, it's important to inspire, and I'm hoping that my story will inspire others to reach their maximum p- potential and purpose in life by staying true to themselves. Um, mm. we, we can transform crises to opportunities, and it's important mm. to be able to realize the power that we have within by staying true to our hearts and our souls and standing in the face of adversity and not wavering to that. That's, that's beautiful. What did it take for you? What did it take for you to, to, to reach down and be as tenacious as you possibly could be? What did it take for you? Uh, actually, I, um, it took the fact that public officials were lying um, in the court system and the media, and I couldn't get the media in the United States to print the truth because the prosecution was, was um, threatening to sue the, the media um, if they printed the truth. And the more I became challenged, the more I saw it as a game of, of, of how to succeed. So we can look at challenges and we can fold when we are faced with them, or we can look at challenges and we can look to to rise above them and transform them into opportunities that otherwise might not exist. Were you, were you this bold before this incident? Were you this uh, activistic? Absolutely not. I was a CPA beforehand, and I, oh, I just wow. did this to volunteer and to, you know, look to give wow. back to society. And when I did do this, um, I became inspired and went to law school and founded and directed the Innocence Project at the Rutgers School of Law and became a criminal defense attorney after that and did other innocence cases. And I'm currently on the committee of the Innocence Project in, in Colorado, where I, I once resided. Uh, so it definitely is a, a is my mission, and I'm hoping to inspire people around the world globally to be able to have this kind of effect because the important thing, Carol, for people to understand is that my story demonstrates the ripple effect that one person can have in this world. Mm-hmm. You may stand alone initially in your journey, but if you follow your heart and you're true to your soul, you will never stand alone. Oh, wow. Do that again, Lori. Say it again. <laughs> All right. You, um, my my story demonstrates the ripple effect that one person can have in this entire world. And you may stand alone in your journey at first, but despite the adversity, despite your challenges, if you follow your heart and if you stay true to your soul, you will never stand alone. I fought alone in the beginning, but in the end, I had Mother Teresa phoning me. I had a private audience with Pope John Paul. I had two parliaments standing behind me fighting to expose the truth. That's not standing alone anymore. That brings the world to bear witness to what's happening because I was true to myself. I am getting chills. I can barely wait to read this. This is going to be a book that people read and go, unbelievable, unbelievable. Really, that really happened? And then if they take it to heart, they're going to put that armor on and say, okay, I'm ready for the the, the peaceful warrior, the battle of, uh, of right and justice. This is very inspiring to hear. 
when is this coming out? We have to know. Lauren. Well, we're we're looking right now um, at the, towards the end of December fourteenth is is our, our our proposed deadline, but we're we're not sure about by the end of the year for sure. But like I said, the Facebook page, Lori St. John author, um, does have a, a preview of of you know the first page of the book and um, putting something out there for special offers offers for people who sign up on the email list to get previews of the book and um, special pictures that I'm not going to be putting in the book because I can't put everything in there. So you can follow mm-hmm. along with, with the journey um, to get this book published and out there. And, and we're looking right now, consulting with people on, on the movie opportunity. Perfect. Okay, so it's Lori St. John, or L-O-R-I, St. S-T, John, J-O-H-N. Right. And that's at Facebook. Perfect. Right. And it's Lori St. John, author. Author. So that will bring you directly to that page. Beautiful. Lori, thanks for joining us. I know you have some some conference you need to attend, so we will talk to you down the road. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Carol. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. And our next caller, I believe, is coming on from the U.K. Jonathan Chase, is that you? Hello, Jonathan Chase? Well, it looks <clears throat> like I have a lot. Hello, Jonathan, are you there? I am. Um, I am. Um, I'm going to go on to another call. But Jonathan, don't go away. If you get that phone call working, he's calling from the UK. I know we have a little bit of difficulty, always in connecting over different lines. I would like to go to another author who has a very similar type of story, and his name is Robert Pennington. Hello, Robert Pennington. Hi, Carol. <laughs> Can you get us off of the speaker phone? Thanks for having me being a part of this wonderful morning program. Wow, so okay. Great. Uh, you know, Rob, get us off the phone. We're getting feedback. I'm going to come back to you in a little bit. Because you need to get us off the speakerphone so that we can hear you because we're just getting a lot of feedback. We're going to go on while he takes care of that to Marilyn Gordon. Hello, Marilyn Gordon. Hello. How are you? You have a, a book called Realize Your Greatness, and I think on the on the tells of Lori's explanation about what she had to do, this is a, a perfect uh Transaction transition as well in terms of uh, talking because your book says spectacular journey to success transformation spiritual power which we need which Lori just pointed <laughs> in reference to so I'm looking forward to hearing more about your book tell us Marilyn Gordon how do we contact you first you can you can contact me by email it's m gordon m g o r d o n at hypnotherapy h y p n o T-H-E-R-A-P-Y-C-E-N-T-E-R, hypnotherapycenter.com. Sorry, that's so long. No, that's okay. So tell us more about what your book uh, covers. What is it about? My book is a journey. It's called Realize Your Greatness, A Spectacular Journey to Success, Transformation, and Spiritual Power, as you said. And it's it's an enlightening adventure. It's a it's a kind of it's a, in, the, in the realm of the imagination, in which the main character is a woman who's having a really rough time in her life, and she's got challenges with her work, with her finances, with her relationships, with love, with her spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so, like Alice in Wonderland, she falls into a hole in the ground, and she meets all these magical, mystical teachers and mentors and gurus who mm-hmm. teach her all kinds of things, the law of attraction. They teach her how to create greater income, how to have a happier mind, overcome hurts of the past, create better Mm. relationships, find her life purpose, etc. They're all magical teachers such as 
a hypnotist, a yogi, a life coach, a, a wealth coach, an oracle, and a mind healer, all kinds of... And, and she travels, this woman, of course, her name is Alice, and she travels to all these teachers um, and, and into their, their environments. Their environments are full of color and flowers and, and, and stuff of the imagination. And the only thing is that they have very profound teachings for her, and they teach it in a magical way. So uh, the book is, is, is a kind of a, a book like, like, a, like a journey like Gulliver's Travels or Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz. Or a, a, It's a story, but it has a, a depth to it. It has a lot of profundity to it. You know, it's so interesting because the way the mind works, neurologically speaking, is that, you know, for some people who can move into their creativity or the, the right the right brain, the artistic brain, whatever part of the brain functions are that are related to the imagination, the creativity, the pondering, the daydreaming, the night dreaming, that part is often the author of being able to find solutions or a whole new characteristic or series of personality qualities in you that you otherwise would not even recognize as being your potential. So to be able to move into this imaginary experience in your book may actually awaken people to creativity and solutions and to their own personality strengths that they haven't yet formally cultivated. Is, is that possibly true? <laughs> yes. oh, wonderful. That's- that's excellent. That's a really beautiful way way to put it. And and you know it, it does it awakens the reader and awakens the main character Alice, and she totally transforms her life. And she becomes a whole different radiant kind of person, who is very creative herself and who manifests her her works into the world and finds a great relationship. In fact, she has a relationship with one of the characters, but I won't tell you who. <laughs> you to, you know, oh. I don't want to. <laughs> spoil it for you but um you know at the end it's it's a, a kind of magnificent experience for one and all the characters come back together and you know there's there's even characters like Jesus and Buddha and Moses and Saint Germain and and Lakshmi the goddess of wealth and uh, even even uh the Glinda from Oz comes in. Oh, there we go. She does. <laughs> she so creates a collection. It's a collection of gurus from all over. From all that's over. right. That's right. That's I beautiful. love what Glinda does because she has a magic wand, and she is a kind of hypnotherapist in her own mm. way that she can take her magic wand and spread that magic all over the the wounds mm. of the past and transform mm. them. So you know, and I absolutely love her anyway. And oh, I love. Wow, that's- yeah, I love all That's these characters. They're really fantastic. There's even a character called the Media Queen they go to visit, and she's a beautiful, uh, lovely Media Queen who happens to look like Oprah. <laughs> oh, 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 well. <laughs> there we go. Would you like to read? Would you like to read a section of your book? Okay. Again, yeah, again, will. she's getting that. The book is called "Realize Your Greatness" by Marilyn Gordon. M A R I L Y N. Marilyn Gordon. Would you like to go ahead and read a section of your Sure, book? sure. And this is from Chapter 2. I, I don't know if I can read the whole thing because I, we do have a time situation, but I'll start. No. Dazzled <laughs> by the sunlight, the magnificent day, and the magnitude of events that were taking place in her world, Alice continued walking through the park. 
She'd been wishing and praying for something to happen that would lift her from the abyss into which she had sunk, and it would be guardian angels in disguise who would transform the very fabric of her life. Alice felt as if she was almost in a trance. It was also compelling to move from one character to the next. So I'm just going to tell you, she, she goes to the bank of a river and the border of a park, sparkling waters, and she comes upon a trailer, and, okay, it was parked by the lake. It was tiny, yet it had a kind of enchantment to it. The bright pink front door opened as if by an unseen force, and Alice saw a light beaming from inside. Quite naturally, she was drawn toward it, and since the old man had pointed her in this direction, she had no trepidation at all about heading there. So she moved towards the, tra- the trailer. She saw a figure that was glowing, and it was a tiny woman, and, and Alice saw her. She, she had a kind of regal quality. Alice saw her, named her the Queen of Kindness, and she knew that this was going to be one of the greatest helpers of her life. So the Queen of Kindness asked Alice to come and sit down, and she sat on a couch that was so light it seemed to be filled with air. The Queen said to Alice, Hello, my dear. It is such a pleasure to have you here. We're going to continue with the next step along your path to greatness. You have met some noble characters, and you will continue to do so. Excuse me, as this is a time of profound magic for you. Today I'm going to assist you in finding the chief aim of your life, Alice. I'm going to turn you around and around until you're set in the right direction toward your life's dream. Thank God, Alice replied. I know I need to point myself in the right direction. I've been wandering for so long and I feel like I've been failing. The kind woman put her arm around Alice and said, You will point yourself in the direction of your greatness. She asked Alice to close her eyes and then began asking some profound questions. So that's just one of those. (laughs) Wow, and you know, I I do think that as we move toward our greatness, we begin to formulate the profound questions and then try to find the teacher inside ourselves or outside ourselves to be able to guide us in finding some of those answers. Beverly Gordon, I look forward to reading this book. How do people get a hold of it? Well, there's a couple different ways. It's on Amazon in print and in Kindle forms. But if you want to, you can come to a certain website, and after you buy the book, you can get many gifts. We had a beautiful launch about a week ago, and we had many wonderful gifts, and we still have those gifts available. So if you want to go Realize Your Greatness book, put the book there, realizeyourgreatnessbook.com slash launch realizeyourgreatnessbook.com slash launch and it's very reasonably priced on Amazon and and if you have Amazon Prime you can even get it for free on Kindle yeah and and um, you can get it on Amazon and put put the your your receipt number and little box and it'll open the doors on our website to many wonderful gifts so Come and see it. It's 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 a wonderful book, really. You you extend the magic to your gifts. Pardon? You extend the magic to your gifts. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say it came through me. You know, it came Mm -hmm. through me. I I started writing it out as a nonfiction book, and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, a voice came to me and said, "Make it a story." And Mm -hmm. I said, "But." Where do I begin? And then the mm-hmm. voice said, "Well, begin at the beginning, Alice." <laughs> and mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, okay. So that's Magical. how to do it." Yes, yeah. And now, I just now, went, I, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Marilyn, thank you so much. I, we can go on again. I'm going to have to cut you off. Not that I <laughs> no, want to, but because of the time. <laughs> but that's a great thing for our listeners to know, what, you know to, to know more about where this was created inside of you. Go to Marilyn's uh, site, and that's realizeyourgreatnessbook.com to get the book. Marilyn Gordon, thank you so much for joining us today. We will talk thank again. You. Thank you so time. much. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Another individual that uh, is capturing my attention is Eddie Summers. And Eddie Summers, I'm so glad you've joined. You have been the author of The Memory of Health, and we have spoken before on my radio show. And how are you doing today, Eddie? Hi, Carol. I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Eddie, before we get started with this journey about remembering health or the memory of health, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Um, the best way is through email, Edie Summers, it's E-D-I-E, and then summer like the season with an S on the end of it, at hotmail.com. That's the best okay. way. So Edie Summers at hotmail.com. You wrote The yes. Memory of Health, why? Um, I wrote it because I, well, first of all, I, it's a memoir and also an exploration on the nature of health and healing. And actually a friend said, I don't know why you don't write a book um, because you know so much about these subjects, and I don't mean that to say that in an egotistical way. But So I'd never thought of writing a book before that, and ever since she suggested it, I sort of felt compelled to do it. And But it's sort of taken on a life of its own ever since. I just really wanted to um, help myself and other people know that um, there is a way out of the maze of chronic illness. Um, you don't have to be stuck in it forever um it, there's there's so many ways to get to pull yourself out of it both physically and uh, mentally emotionally and spiritually all of it you know it, this is a journey in and of itself and Lori's taking a journey in the legal system Marilyn is taking a journey in the imagination of being your greatness and this is a journey of your mm-hmm. physical body and deciding mm-hmm. how to interface the realm of food and rest and exercise and well tell us tell us what the journey was for you and how did you get out of it Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I really, I really liked what you were talking about in terms of sort of realizing that when you develop your imagination, that can you can realize that you didn't. There are ways to um, sort, of, sort of pull yourself out of situations um, that you didn't know that you had the capacity to do so before. So I really liked when you were talking about that. But for me, that was definitely part of it. Um, it's a combination of art. We now know that. Um, it's not just our bodies and not just our minds. It's actually one unit. It's called the body-mind. So for me, realizing that was a huge part of it. Is um, I had to work on both. I had to, of course, definitely take care of my body. And a big part of taking care of your body is even learning your body's language. Um, it's becoming Your body has its own language, and part of that is your symptoms. So um, learning to pay attention to what your symptoms are saying to you. Your symptoms aren't meant to be covered up or masked. They're meant to be listened to to instead um so that is part of the journey of getting better so if you're tired um you might want to figure out like where why is your body sending you the symptom of feeling tired um is it something that you're eating is it is it some kind of energy that you're letting into your life or some kind of energy that you're putting out um so that was a big part of it Practicing self-care was another part of the physical part of it. Um, taking really, really good care of myself through nutrition and and um, exercise, um, doing what I call restorative exercise, say through yoga or walking, um, and also getting a lot of really good sleep and just putting myself first, which a lot of people are afraid to do. Um, but when you have a chronic condition, 
you really have no other choice. So that was a part of it. And then the other part of it was um, doing wellness coaching with myself. Um, I'm a certified wellness coach. And also just changing my mindset. Um, I had to really um, pull, um, sort of dig down deep and, and find what really motivated me in order to get well and to, to figure out what those motivations were and to have those guide me through and pull me through. That's beautiful. Now, you are a wellness coach. Can people contact you mm-hmm. through Skype or online or on phone, a phone connection, or how can they ask oh, sure. your wellness coaching? Yeah, I, yeah, I do wellness coaching either in person, if they're here in Portland, Oregon, obviously, or um, the phone is the other way that I mostly do it. So um, I found phone to be really effective. Um, I will do Skype if someone is, is absolutely wants to do it that way, but I prefer phone or in person. So, um, and they can get they can contact me through. I have my main main website is edsummers.com. You can also go to portlandwellnesscoach.com to check out the coaching. So now, what exactly is wellness coaching? Well, wellness co- well wellness coaching. I mean, coaching as you know is based on um, psychology and counseling. It has a firm foundation in that. And then um, wellness coaching specifically helps people guide them through the process of changing their health behaviors and habits. So it's really, in a nutshell, it's based on what's called coaching psychology. So um, it just, it you know, it's, in a nutshell, it helps people change their health habits. Um, we, we keep it pretty pretty focused on that because that alone is a pretty big topic. Um, right. And so it just it kind of walks people through that that process of of empowering them to realize that they have um, the power to ultimately um, get in the driver's seat and change their health habits. And I'm just I'm a guide. I, I help I walk them through that process. That's wonderful. You know. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, well, wellness coaching has everything to do with the psychology of a person, too, really knowing they're in mm-hmm. control, like you say, and that they really mm-hmm. can succeed at making themselves feeling so much better. And I know yes. that we're going to be talking to another individual about agelessness, but truly mm-hmm. part of aging aging shouldn't be occurring as fast as it does because stress, mm-hmm. diet, mm-hmm. yes, exercise plays such a part, but we'll get more into that some other time. Absolutely. Is, is, is there a takeaway you want to leave people with before we pass on here to another speaker? What, what What's the takeaway you'd like um, to leave people with? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. At first, I would say never give up on yourself. Actually, this is something that my dad said, um, and I actually believe it myself. He just said, never give up on yourself. Too many people lose the light from their eyes. And I think oh. it's just so true. Like, no matter what you're going through, um, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel. And the really beautiful thing about life is that life is based on change, right? So that means that whatever situation you might find yourself in, it's bound to change anyway. And on top of that, you have the power to change it as well. And I just, I really get excited when people step into their own power. So, you know, um, you can become empowered and um, don't ever, ever give up on yourself. Oh, that's beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you, Edie, for joining us once again. I will talk to you down the road, and be well. And they can contact you again at edysummers at hotmail.com. Edie, thank yes. you so much. Thank you, Carol. Well, we're going to try to see if we can get in touch with Robert Chennington again. Oh, Robert. Oh, dear. I'm here. Thank you for giving me another chance. I had your uh, website open on my computer. I think that's where some feedback was happening. You know, I'm still getting a little bit of feedback. It's so extensive. I'm going to have to ask you to try again. We'll get back soon. I'm looking forward to you talking, to, hearing from Dr. Robert Pennington, and we're going to keep trying. Let's see if we can get Jonathan Chase on the line from the UK. Jonathan, are you able to hear us there yet? Jonathan, you there? Hello? Well, it looks like we've lost him there. 
You know, it does happen. Jonathan, if you're listening and you can call back again, do so. And now let's go to Yolanda Baker. I am doing the switchboard here. And there we go. Yolanda Baker, you there with us? Good Good morning, Carol. How are you? Yes, how are you? You have an interesting journey as well to share. Again, it's almost like the the battle of money related to medical expenses is on everybody's mind now that we have the Obama health care passing through the constitutional eye of the Supreme Court. But yours is a very personal experience, again, of perseverance. But I'm not going to take the this story away from you, Yolanda Baker. This is, like, too important for people to hear. So let us know how to get in touch with you first and tell us your story. Sure. My email is uh, biteyourbills at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-B-I-L-L-S at yahoo.com, and my website is biteyourbills.com. And when my son was about 18 months old, he was diagnosed with autism. And so for the first 12 months after his diagnosis, my husband and I went through every sort of assessment and test, went through all sorts of specialists, um, did nutritional supplements, special diets. Eventually we uh, placed him in a special school that used applied behavioral analysis and speech mm. therapy as part of the program. So at the end of the 12 months, we tallied up the expenses, and it was, well, I can't give the exact amount. My husband's still a little upset about it, but it totaled more than half of my husband's annual salary. Mm. And so at that point, with my background in accounting and taxation, I thought, well, let me see if there's you know, tax deductions for these medical expenses. And mm. so... I read through the tax code, and it was actually pretty interesting to read all that. And um, so what I did was is that I started using that, and then I started looking into the health savings accounts, started looking into my health insurance. And so within two years, we were able to get back $28,000 in medical expenses. Oh, my goodness. And you got this back from who? I'm sorry? Who did you get this back from? Oh, we got it back via our tax return. Uh, mm-hmm. We got it back from our health insurance company because they reimbursed us for the ABA therapy that we used uh, before. Um, and that actually was due to my husband's persistence. He's a lot more assertive than I am, but he mm-hmm. was able to find through our health insurance policy that um, certain therapies were covered when they said they weren't. Mm-hmm. So from all that experience and uh, helping other special needs families in the Austin, Texas area, I realized I had a box full of notes, and I thought Mm -hmm. this would be a great book. And so that's how it all started. Wow. Well, the book is called Bite Your Bills, Cut Your Medical Expenses. Bite Your Bills, Cut Your Medical Expenses. The, the, The whole process is staying right on top of everybody associated with your medical treatment after you're cured you want to be done with the illness, including the bills. But it's still, uh, you have to be doing your due diligence and taking care of this. And um, I've even found calling the doctors and say, will you lower this bill or will you reconsider that or you're charging more than is allowed by the insurance. And, but, but in order to do all that, you have to be so alert and tenacious. Is that, is that, was that your experience? Yes. My husband was a lot more tenacious than I was, but we did we were able to get uh, either discounts for the medical expenses or we were reimbursed either via the tax return or health insurance saying, yes, 
that is covered, and, and then they would send us back a check for a, a certain amount. It wasn't the, it, I can't promise in the book that whoever reads this that they will receive as much as we did, but I'm fairly certain that if you were to apply the principles that I uh, write in the book, that you should be able to receive some reimbursement back. Um, give us give us an, one of your stories that you were just amazed about that actually did help you do this. Well, one of the things uh, that I discovered and uh, I, I think a lot of, of the listeners can relate to is having to do with uh, medically required food. That, that's what I call it. Um, my mm-hmm. son was prescribed a gluten, casein, and soy-free diet by his pediatrician after taking mm-hmm. some allergy tests. And so uh, she wrote a prescription for him stating that this diet needs to be adhered to for the rest of his life. And Mm -hmm. so what we did was is that I looked through the tax code, spoke with some uh, experts in the field, and realized Mm -hmm. that the difference between the medically required foods price and the price of a comparable item, if you took the difference of that, that difference is tax deductible. So, Mm -hmm. for example, if I were to buy a loaf of gluten, casein, and soy-free bread for $5, and okay. a regular loaf of bread was $2, a comparable item. The difference is, of that is $3. So that $3 would actually be the tax-deductible portion. And so because of my background in accounting, I, I think the book um, does have quite, it's quite specific in the tax deductions that you can receive. Um, and it doesn't, you don't have to be disabled. Um, it could be for anyone who has a certain medical condition, a temporary or permanent, um, th- there are some requirements that you have to go through in order for it to be a medical tax deduction. But I explain that all in the book on how that's done. Wow, that is fascinating. So does that mean with someone with diabetes who has to eat sugar-free, that, that well, this is just a fascinating idea. Am, am, I on, is, am I understanding you correctly? Yes, there are again there are certain requirements that have to be adhered to and I do mention that in the book. But if it is a medically required diet by your physician and and it does have to be by a uh, a physician um and you are prescribed that diet uh, again the the difference between the uh, the special price and the price of a of a similar item that difference is tax deductible. And also uh for anyone listening if they do wish to purchase the book and they contact me um, after they purchase the pre-ordering because it's not available until late August. I will okay. send them a database that I customized on how to uh, get the medical uh, tax-deductible food um, adequately recorded because it is difficult. It does take a little bit of um, – it, it was a little difficult for me to set up this database, but I would be happy to share it to anyone who wow. purchased the book. So. Wow, that is incredibly worthwhile. Um, you know, uh, wow, uh, that's incredibly worthwhile. So once again, the book is called Bite Your Bills, Cut Your Medical Expenses. This is by Yolanda Baker. How can they reach you? How can they get a hold of the book? They can reach me by contacting me via email. I'm usually available at biteyourbills at yahoo.com. You can try contacting me by phone, but I'm usually available through email. But if uh, if you wish, you could contact me at area code 512 Two four one, one one nine seven, and I will be conducting uh, webinars and seminars. Uh, mm. Seminars for any medical practitioner out there who wishes to set up a seminar for their patients. Please let me know, and I'd be willing to do that in the Central Texas area 
and I have free and uh, more detailed webinars online. That is great and making this very accessible for all of us. Well, thank you. I'm feeling a little lighter in terms of my medical bills. <laughs> Although I do have to say the effort involved in getting the money back or lowering those bills, you think about it, you're being that's a salary because you're earning the money as opposed to spending it. So it's well worth it. It's like being self-employed for a period of time while you're taking care of your medical bills. Thank you so much, Yolanda. Well, thank you, Carol. Take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Now, we're going to shift gears completely and entirely. We're going to shift them all the way over to Australia with Dr. Swan Nicole. Hello, Dr. Swan Nicole. Are you there? Hello, Carol. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you like you're night next door, but I, oh, I love Australia. You're such a lucky person living there, but <laughs> I live in California, so I'm pretty lucky too. Well, you're going, we're going to totally shift gears entirely and completely. You're, you represent an entirely different idea in your book called, go for it, the, the name book, of the book? The Book of Sarah, Jesus' Secret Wife. Oh, my goodness, this is controversial. A lot of people are going to like not like this. Is that right? <laughs> I know your Christian fundamentalists over there are going to love this. Oh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know. I think they're going to be so hiding in a cave with Salman Rushdie. Oh, dear. You know, um, I think that it's important for all of us to really consider thinking outside the box of the culture and sociology that we've been given. History is a very interesting contortionist. And I don't know if your book is valid or not. I have not a clue. But I, but I was intrigued by this because I think we really need to look at ourselves and how we've been uh, enculturated because much of what's wonderful in the Bible has actually been distorted through history that we can trace. But I'm not um, going to step on toes here. You are. So go for it. Go for it, Dr. Swan Nicole Montague in the book called The Book of Sarah, Jesus' Secret Wife. Why did you decide to write this? Um, I didn't decide to write this book. This book decided uh -huh. to write me. It decided to take 10 years out of my life. Ten years ago, I had a very fatal lung condition. I was given three months to live. And I was already on a spiritual journey, a healing journey, and teaching spiritual workshops and taking people through processes of connecting to the divine. But I actually knew that there was a piece missing for me that I hadn't fully embodied this connection to the divine. I wasn't fully connected to it within and strong in that faith. I was paying lip service to it, but I knew there was another place to go with it. And so when this illness manifested and my lungs completely crashed and were really functioning at about 8%, and the doctor said, there's no way, you know, you're just not going to be able to recover from this, I discharged myself from hospital and took myself into seclusion, and I said, it's between me and God, really. This is it. This is my my co direct confrontation with God. So I was in seclusion and in communion with the divine and meditating and on a healing journey and really in a night of incredible crisis when I was so unsure that I would make it through the night that I called a neighbor and said, please check in with us in the morning because I don't know if I'm going to make it and take care of my son if I'm not here. I had a three-year-old son with me mm. and I was single parenting 
And during the night, I prayed and prayed, and I had this visionary appearance from Jesus who commanded me to break the seals, and I really had no idea what he was talking about, and I'm not a Christian. I'm a, you know, I believe in all kinds of spiritual credos, but religion is not part of my my background or belief system at all. So I was pretty surprised when he sort of showed up in this vision. And the next morning, the story just started pouring out of me. I started writing. I, I looked at a photo of him and said, well, what now, Jesus? What happens next? And he spoke to me. He said, it is right. Go forward. And then the story started to pour out. And at the beginning, I had no idea what I was writing. But over time, it became clear. And that has been a process of 10 years. The story has continued to reveal itself as it's, I've literally had to pull it out of me cell by cell. And there have been many surprises in this story and some quite scary ones. I have really sat back and gone, oh, my God, you mean I have to go into the world and <laughs> reveal this? quite you know surprising and in terms of conventional religion quite shocking in some ways um mm-hmm. some of the aspects of the story and their relationship and relationships with other people within the story you know it's so interesting you're saying you were told you had three months to live and you had a three-year-old and here you are 10 years later telling us this and so you physically recovered is that correct yes i have i mean it's been a roller coaster journey and I've revisited the lung conditions a few times. I had a collapsed lung a few years ago, which I healed myself. And I've had several bouts of hospitalization with pneumonia. But each time I have gone into that near-death state, some very, very deep parts of the story have come through. So I was in hospital with a collapsed lung when I was writing the chapter on the crucifixion and, and Jesus with the three women who looked after him in the crypt. So hmm. I was able to write from experience this this feeling in my body of being crucified. Mm-hmm. Wow. What is What's the ultimate message then you think that this experience for you obviously is really profound. I'm going to have to read the book and they just send it to me. But, you know, what? what is the ultimate message associated to this that you feel is the reason why you might have been given this information and the the uh, boldness to get it out there, even though people are going to be incredibly antagonized by it. Um, I believe it's about triggering in people the direct connection with the divine, the the memory of the knowing of that connection, and that we are spiritual beings here having a human experience, and the remembering of how we live in a divine way, sacred ways, so that a lot of teachings that were taken out of the Bible by the Nicene Council in 380-something A.D. are so relevant to what is happening on the planet today. And Hmm. they are brought back into spiritual teachings through this story of Sarah's life, which is a a, a parable, an allegory. It's, It's what is happening on the planet at this time is explained in the context of taking life back into being a divine journey and that we're here on a divine mission and we're here to remember who we are and how much we can really do 
and why we go through these experiences, you know, in these times of intense challenge and transformation on the planet. We need this higher context of why we are being asked to undergo such extraordinary, radical transformation at this time on the planet. And I believe the future of the planet is only tenable if we come back to these sacred ways of living that are talked about and you know embodied by Sarah in her journey and the sacrifices she made to support Jesus and to carry the teachings of the divine feminine through the underworld for 2,000 years until they could be brought back, resurrected for us at this time. Beautiful. Okay, now how do people get a hold of your book or how do they get a hold of you? There's a Facebook page, which is the Book of Sarah, and Sarah is S-A-H-R-A, the Book of Sarah, comma, Jesus' Secret Wife. And I have a website, the University of Spirit Medicine dot com. University of Spirit Medicine dot com. And do you, is it okay if they email you through that as well? Yes, absolutely. The email address is on there, and the email address that I use mostly is University of Spirit Medicine at gmail dot com. Beautiful. This is Dr. Swan Nicole. Thank you for being bold enough. I'm glad you're healthy enough to give us a message. I like very much the idea that we return to understanding the dynamically intense importance of spiritual consciousness. But um, that's a whole other subject in itself, but it sounds like your book definitely points in that direction. Thank you so much for having me on your show and being brave enough to launch this story (laughs) into the world. Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. Let's go forth, and I'll look forward to reading your book. You take care of yourself in Australia. Have a great day. Thank you, Carol. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, everybody that's uh, thinking in terms of being outside the box, I think we're going to talk to Chris Briggs next because I think he wants us to think outside the box so we can get back in our groove. Chris, you there? (laughs) Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I certainly can. It's clear as day. So let's see. Getting back into the groove of getting back into the groove. I, 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 this is great. I just I laughed and I laughed when I saw the picture on the front of your book. Tell <laughs> us what this is all about and why you wanted to write it. Well, um, let's let's start with the definition of the groove so that people can understand where I'm coming from, and then I'll just spin off from that. And I'll just first talk about the the first paragraph in the the book that uh, will sum it up fast. So the groove is the natural flow of oneself, one's true essence when everything about the self, all its instincts, wisdom, knowledge, behaviors, and uniqueness, flows in natural purity such that there is no hindrance, no holding back, no second-guessing, no ignorance, no naivety, no prejudice, just, just a natural oneness with the world and one's place in it. When one is in the groove, the flow of everything positive, from flawless speech, impressive actions, fluid physiology, and euphoric breathing, to utilizing the whole brain mental state at any desired moment, comes naturally. Simply put, the groove is everything that would define one as being in tune with oneself and one's surroundings. Now, basically, it is considered, uh, I call it the guru behind the guru, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, I call it the backbone of success. Now, the term guru is only being used here uh, as someone who is an expert in their field, uh, you know, an established persona. But this person had to follow specific things in order to reach that level in their own life. Now, they usually don't 
teach or share these personal things. Instead, they mainly teach and share what they are an expert in. Therefore, the guru is the guru behind the gurus because it gets to the root of everything. The source of success on all levels and across all areas of one's life is is basically, you know, impo- important or, or uh, relies on this oneness with yourself. So it's like a good friend with good advice. It's something that can light a fire under anyone. It's a guidance system. It's a blueprint for achieving your dreams. And it's a philosophy to, lo- to, to live and grow by. So to take it even a bit further, I, uh, I think one of your guests, okay. was, like one of your first guests, was talking about the, the EFT, the emotional freedom technique, um, yeah. that uh, that removes a blockage in someone. Well, that's a great way to be able to clear up a deep mental blockage in someone, but it's still not getting to the root solution. And what I mean by that is that the groove is about being aware of having an issue to begin with, but even further about being able to prevent such issues from starting before an EFT would even be required. In mm. other words, it is about living at this root of success all the time and through all areas of your life. Okay, uh, so are there tools or are there steps that you think kind of guide people through this process of going deeper? Well, it's uh, the the book is laid out in in a, a a way that it begins with someone's individuality and really understanding what the individuality individuality nice. individuality means to them and, and discovering their purpose, and then it, everything else is branching off of that. So I call it like the skeleton or the backbone of success, which is you're building. Uh, the flesh on the bones, and I'm providing the bones of what it's all about, uh, like the deep root of everything. And that includes education, uh, psychology, relationships, um, uh, uh, your your personal health, uh, uh, how to adapt to evolution, all these things. And then someone takes it, goes with it, and then starts building the flesh on these bones specifically for themselves. So so finding who you are... Genuinely, finding the depth of who you are is going to be able to help you walk your own path and therefore walk your own path with a great deal of confidence and clarity and certainty. Am I understanding so far? Okay. And is there also a way in which which you can actually recreate yourself and say, okay, I know I'm this way, but you know I really want to change course here. I want to follow a different path. I want to cultivate different things that aren't typical in my personality. Or is that too far off the groove? No, no, that's exactly it. It's about being able to adapt to any situation and and, and understanding uh, rapidly. So no matter where you are going in life, now I'm I'm a pure example of of living this myself. I, I've done so many things and and I can touch on them too. But uh, specifically, it's how to change and go with the flow in in any way possible and not have that hold you back. Um, a lot of people they spend their whole life saying, okay, I'm going to get an education, get a career, have a family, get a house and a car, and then I'm happy. But for me, it's it's no. I want to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and whatever I'm in the mood to do, I'm going to do it. And it's just how to organize my whole life around that to be able to pull it off is is where it falls into place, you know? Yes. So it, if, it's, if you're changing, which is the natural process that we go through is that we're changing and you're not holding yourself back – which is what most people do, and that's why most people are depressed and sad and unhappy, is that they're, 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 they they're built uh, walls around themselves and they don't know how to get out of it. 
the walls around the wall. That's beautiful. In other words, they're keeping themselves trapped within their own safety zone, but they're also keeping themselves really sad because they're not going out there and embracing who they really could be. Exactly. And the longer that keeps going, uh, the more of a habit be- it becomes and the harder it is to get up to break away from it. And that's why there's so many people requiring things like the emotional freedom technique and stuff because they've just evolved themselves to include these issues in their lives. Beautiful. Okay, now we can get your book on Amazon.com, I'm seeing, called Getting Back into the Groove. Is that correct? Amazon.com. Um, getting Back into the Groove of Getting Back into the Groove. I'm always giving my book away for free. I want people to oh, know that wow. because I want this into the hands of, of, of everyone as possible. So I have a membership website at ridethegroove.com. They can get the book for free or they can upgrade for, with a paid level, which has like a audios to it and, and brainwave technology and all that uh, bundled into it. The in-print version is on Amazon. Uh, I'll have the Kindle, Nook, and iBooks versions coming out very soon. And I'm also uh, actually uh, I'm very close to launching the seven-week webinar coaching program for this um, that's going to take it even further. I'm going to have workbooks and everything for it and, and have people from all around the world being able to tune in on the webinar series and we'll connect every week, and then they'll have homework, and they'll do do their own self-realization process with these very unique uh, books, uh, workbooks to go along with the the program itself. It's like waking up, like waking up to yourself, and then moving forward. That's the way it makes me feel yeah. when you talk about it. Yeah, and and it's it's something that I, I've read it myself probably a hundred times. It's something that I designed it so that you can go through it. Go to any chapter and any page and just read that 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 paragraph or something that that you see, and then that that'll be the basis of your thoughts for that day. So it's it's something that you can sit down. It's it's a short book. You can read it in about two hours. It's about seventy seven pages total in content. But it when you read it, it's designed in such a way that it flows perfectly and it all makes perfect sense. By the time you get to that last word. You, you, there's no stopping you. You, you've, you, you just drank rocket fuel. <laughs> oh, nice! That sounds great. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Okay, once again, how can people get a hold of the book and you? Um, they can go to ridethegroove.com. R-I-D-E-T-H-E-G-R-O-O-V-E.com. Um, you can get the free version of the book there, and it's a membership website and. I'm always available through my main corporation. It's called SpinningBluePlanet.com, S-P-I-N-N-I-N-G-B-L-U-E-P-L-A-N-E-T.com. And there's a contact form. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff through these these websites. That's beautiful. All right. Keep us informed, Chris. We will be talking to you down the road about that seven-week coaching, I can tell. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Great. Thank, thanks, Carol. Bye. Mm-hmm. Now, along the same lines of taking care of yourself in terms of being in your groove and functioning so that you are truly yourself, Frederick Hahn brings us the opportunity to deal with our body in a way that's very doable. Are you there, Fred? I'm right here. Okay, and you also were on my radio show way back when, I think in 2008 when this radio show started. So welcome Oh, my back. gosh, was it that long ago? Holy oh, cow. Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm happy to be back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, no problem. The slow burn fitness revolution, the slow burn, the slow motion exercise that will change your body in 30 minutes. And at the time, we talked about how valuable this is for children, 
but also for individuals who can't do that jerking cardiovascular move, and also possibly for the elderly, I would think. But I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Tell us more about your your book and your program. Well, the the, the purpose of the book was to get people uh, to understand that strength training or weightlifting or resistance training is the single most productive form of exercise they can engage in, far more productive than aerobic exercise. In fact, if you perform resistance exercises properly, and we'll get to that in a minute, uh, it provides all of the benefits that aerobic exercise of any kind can bestow, all without the jarring, grinding, and impact of, of that type of exercise. Okay. So, and research has uh, more, you know, as the years have gone on, more research has uh, has borne this out. So, um, the question then, of course, is since we know that uh, a lot of people don't have a lot of time, uh, and many people even hmm. uh, are maybe too over fat to perform aerobic type exercises, the question hmm. then is, what is the safest, most efficient? and at the same time being highly effective way in which we can perform resistance training. I like to call it strength training because the word strength is much more positive than resistance. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's weightlifting and resistance training. And it, what that does is that improves the amount of muscle tissue on, in your body and I don't want to scare women away or even men oh, into no. thinking that they're going to get Arnold Schwarzenegger muscles. This is not the case in the least. Um, and by increasing the amount of muscle tissue you have, you also increase the total amount of mitochondria, which are your uh, energy-producing, fat-burning Pac-Men, so to speak, um, mm. and increases, it also increases your resting uh, metabolic rate. So... Yeah. So resistance training gives you every fitness bang for your buck. And resistance training, does the mitochondria turn on better than cardiovascular? It's not a matter of better. When you do cardiovascular-type exercises, you are also increasing the total number of mitochondria you have within your muscles. And strength training does that, if you do it right, strength training does that as well, and in, many, in some research it shows even better than, especially high-intensity strength training, or even high-end, what they now call HIIT aerobic training, which is high-intensity interval training, which is yeah. performing aerobics at a very high rate of intensity. That that type of intense muscular effort is by far better at increasing the total number of mitochondria. People which allows you to have more endurance and more strength. People often think that when they do aerobic exercise, they can't run a, a block, and then six months later they can run five miles. People mistakenly think that they've benefited themselves via their heart and lungs. That is not the case. The benefit, the reason why you can't run a block and then six months later you can run six miles is because you've improved your muscular system and specifically the total amount and quality of mitochondria and muscle fibers that you possess. So if wow. you are time-starved, and the combination of the two is not necessarily better because even too much exercise is not necessarily a good thing. Now, the important thing is to understand the difference between pastime fun activities and productive exercise. 
I'm not saying people shouldn't run or play basketball. I'm not saying people shouldn't swim or bungee jump off the Rocky Mountains, for all I care. I mean, your pastime activity <laughs> should be something, you know, you do because you enjoy it. I mean, we all know kickboxing is dangerous, right? But some people oh. enjoy it. We all know that oh, yeah. karate is dangerous, but people enjoy it, and that's okay. Like CrossFit. Right. CrossFit is very dangerous, but people enjoy it, and that's good. But you don't have to put your body in harm's way in order to to obtain tremendous physical and physiological benefits from exercise. I'm noticing here that, that you're saying, yes, it's harder for women to lose fat and weight. I'm 58 years, 57 years old. Oh, my gosh, I just aged myself. 57 years old. I'll testify to that. And also you talk yeah. about cellulite and, and somehow your system addresses both of those. Uh, and I have other programs about postmenopausal and menopausal weight mm-hmm. loss and the struggles that go on. Okay, so speak to me, Fred. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the, 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 one of the reasons why that it's harder for women to lose body fat is because, number one, women are supposed to have more body fat than men on their bodies, especially when they're in childbearing years. And uh, they have less muscle, total muscle mass on their body than most men. It's not always the case, but in general it is the case. And when the more muscle mass you have, the higher your resting metabolic rate and the higher your resting metabolic rate, the more calories you burn, I hate to use the word calories, the more energy you use uh, per minute. So it's easier for men to build muscle than it is for women, and that's one reason why it's harder for women to lose fat. But I also think that women very often have a mis- a, a, they, they misunderstand what a healthy level of body fat really is. You know, and it's, it's, it's not these pictures in these magazines of these impossibly perfect human beings, and half the time these pictures aren't even real. Right. Um, they, they often have an, a misunderstanding of what a healthy level of body fat is. Um, when it comes to, and speaking of body fat, when it comes to cellulite, cellulite really is just fat. Some people store their fat more on the outside of the muscle, between the skin and the muscle, and that's what cellulite looks like. And some people genetically store more of their fat behind the muscle. So even though they might have as much fat as another person, it looks smooth because most of the muscle, most of the fat is within and behind the muscle, whereas with people who have a lot of cellulite, that fat is between the muscle and the skin. So it's more in front, if you will. But the way you lose fat, of course, is exactly the same. And in my opinion, and it seems to, research seems to support this, is by keeping the amount of sugar in your diet as low as you possibly can. Hmm. The sugar is the culprit yet again. Yeah. Exercise is not the answer to, to fat loss. And I'll say that again. Exercise is not the answer to fat loss. It's an important part of it, and that should be resistance training, you know, twice a week or so. Um, but um, you can't burn the calories, the fat, off your thighs and belly via exercise. That, that is, it is not going to work. Forget about it. <laughs> and what is going to work, Fred? Well, like I mentioned, keeping your diet very low in sugar, eating real food, eating meats and fish and eggs and salads. And if you're going to have things like uh, starches, you want to have real ones. You don't want to have Twinkies. You want to have a sweet potato. You don't want to have a ring ding. You want to have some rice. But those starches for people who are struggling with weight loss, are the enemy. 
So I'm not saying rice is unhealthy necessarily. I'm not saying a sweet potato is unhealthy necessarily, but they're going to raise your blood sugar levels, which are going to raise your insulin levels, which is going to create an environment within your body that makes it more easily, more easy to store fat and harder to lose it. So I tell my clients, just get rid of the grains, get rid of the starches, get rid of the beans, eat meats and fish and eggs and vegetables, and once you get to your goal weight, you can start to add back in the foods that you miss, like uh, sweet potatoes and rice and things of this nature, and then just see how it affects you. But that is the answer to fat loss, is telling your body that you want to lose the fat. And if your diet is rich in sugar and rich in carbohydrates, you're telling your body on a cellular level, please, sir or madam, store more fat in my fat cells, please. Beautiful. I love that we're communicating with our body yet again. Okay, now, you say for those that are beginning, the best and simplest way to get started includes three top things. What are those three top things, Fred? Well, the three top things you can do to maximize your health would be, one, what I just mentioned, get rid of the sugars out of your diet, get rid of the grains and the starches, and replace those with vegetables and meats and fish and eggs. Okay. That's, that's number one, and that's going to be not only what that will do is that will make you healthier. And as you become healthier, you're going to little by little lose excess body fat. The second thing you can do is to involve yourself in a, in a safe and sound resistance training program twice a week. Of course, I would plug my own book, but there are many other books that are out there. Uh, for example, Body by Science, The TNT Diet by Dr. Jeff Volek. Mine is not the only one. Um, but, it, but you've got to get resistance training, weightlifting, strength training into your life once or twice a week um, as, as, as the uh, foundation of your, of your exercise program. And number three, I think we all would guess this, it's keeping stress low. Mm, you know, yeah. take a nap instead of going for that five-mile run. Mm. <laughs> you know, I would wow. say find things like meditation. Whatever floats your boat that makes you feel calmer, quieter in your mind, that's a very important, a very, very important part of uh, being healthy and allowing your body to, it helps your body to lose fat as well. So you want to... And for some yeah, so of us, stick to a low that, carbohydrate that, diet, get strength training in your life, and try to do anything you can to make yourself feel calmer and less stressed out. And for me, you know, that's running. So for some of us, running actually is a stress reliever, and for others of us, it is stressful. You know, um, I, I want you to plug your book, and I want you to plug your YouTube. I've, I've been watching you over the last few years on YouTube, working with children and adults and on different programs. This is really worthy for people to check into. And I have an elderly oh, mom, you. you know what? Yes, and I have an elderly mom, and I tell her, you need to exercise that body regardless of using your walker or not because that's the the avenue to fighting Alzheimer's and dementia. It's the avenue for fighting depression and anxiety. That's right. It's a way of dealing with body image. I mean, exercise to me is the key to health on so many levels. I became a fitness trainer specifically, but not to do fitness training, but as a psychologist, to be able to look at a person and say you need to be exercising and know that I knew what I was yeah. talking about. So I wish more doctors airport. would tell seniors that strength training is, should be a foundation yeah. for them. It's so very important for seniors yeah. to, to strength train. Yes. Okay, so now your book, how do they get hold of it, your YouTube, how do well, they view it? Yeah, well, the book, of course, is 
called The Slow Burn Fitness Revolution. My co-authors are Drs. Michael and Mary Dan Eads of the Protein Power fame. Um, uh, they're both, um, both uh, their books and, and my books can be found on Amazon. Again, it's called The Slow Burn Fitness Revolution. My other book, which is called Strong Kids, Healthy Kids, is also available on Amazon. Yeah. And my website, or, or through my website, which is SeriousStrength.com. Okay, SeriousStrength.com. Frederick Hahn's been in the business a long time. And if your child is overweight, like many of the child, children in the United States are, and actually the studies around the whole planet are demonstrating an increase in obesity for children as well, Frederick Hahn has a wonderful system for your child that is completely doable. Thanks, Fred. Thanks so much for having me, Carol. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too now. I'm going to keep listening. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so folks, we're going to talk to Patrick O'Donnell because Patrick O'Donnell also has a way of revolutionizing your life, and in this case, revolutionizing your business and your life. Hello, Patrick, can you hear me? Hello, Carol. I certainly can, can, and thank you so much for having me on. You're a patient caller. I appreciate that. Your book starts off with kickstart growth, automate sales, and live the life you've always imagined. Give us what the Red Stream Marketing is all about, Patrick. What is it all about? Patrick O'Donnell. <laughs> That's right. It is. Kickstart sales, live the life you've always imagined. And it is. It's that combination of you know doing what you love and then being able to reach more people in, in doing that. And I think it was one of those things that it started out. I've had a marketing firm, always been marketing for others but never really did it for myself. And then went to a uh, conference. It was actually out near you, a marketing conference in San Diego. And uh, uh, I was able to go on a run on the beach. And it kind of, you know, all came to me because those runs are a lot more about, well, my own life, kick-starting my own mm-hmm. life. Where am I going to go next? Mm-hmm. How can I serve more, reach more? Mm-hmm. And um, that's when it came to me, like, okay, I do have a message to share. I want to be able to get this out and uh, mm-hmm. and share mm-hmm. with other people. And um, and like you said, it, it's it seemed to be seven steps for kind of the three aspects of life because there's you know you always want to improve yourself, your body, your relationship, and your business. Mm-hmm. And so a mm-hmm. lot of this did focus on that that business side there. Um, where uh, where yeah that's where I wanted to kind of kind of take it. I've been giving the presentation in, in business and uh, wanted to bring it across and reach more people so they could then in turn do what they want to do and reach more, serve more. Kind of what it was all about. So so yeah. um, creating lasting change in just seven steps is that possible? That's a question <laughs> I'm asking you because you put it down here. Is that is that possible? Yeah, what what a great question. And I think people are always after creating lasting change. Then you think, where where can you do it? How can you do it? Can you can you go out? And I think you can. I mean, you know, there's steps to everything, and that's what I've found in in going through the process in my own life and seeing what works for others. I love being able to model what others do and be able to pull it into practice in real life. And so it was kind of a working process over the years, but then coming together and fine-tuning what works. And, yeah, you just kind of go through each each of the same same steps each time where you know, start simply with your mind. Get yourself in that peak state. Turn on to do what you have to do to get your get yourself going down the right path and, and you know, et cetera, kind of, kind of go through all the steps. But, uh, but, yeah, I'd say it's definitely possible to create that change and go where you want to go in life. 
Okay, you say that part one covers how to kickstart growth and shows the seven steps on how to do this. Part two covers how to automate lead capture, follow-up, and sales and shares the seven ways companies are losing sales and what they could do about it. And part three pulls it all together and covers the seven ways to make change stick so you can live the life you're always imagined. Oh, this sounds really doable and exciting. Okay, so Patrick O'Donnell, you know I have a radio show. I want to I want to show the audience you know how to give some good advice. So here we go. How do we market this radio show? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Let's turn this into a live case study for. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> you no, know, I think what spot. you're doing is is absolutely brilliant, and uh, I think bringing together authors, and that's what I really liked about what you did, is that it is it's so much in line with with what. I like to do too, being able to uh, bring about the the ideal life, and, and I love you know your you make it happen, and that's what one of one of my themes is. So anyway, I think that's a a really good way to do it. Um, but yeah, in in those cases, I think it is setting up that first part of where where it goes, and then when you get into the where I, I guess going back to that presentation, kind of where where it came from. If you think about the seven steps, where first you're it's basically all about capturing leads, following up, and turning it into additional sales. And so, so many people are leaving leads on the table, just not being able to capture them. So it gets into, you know, the seven is a repetitive theme, but there's a lot, seven different ways to basically capture leads. So one of the ways when working with um, um, a certain coach uh, that, that we worked with, then he actually is a, is a coach who coaches youth basketball and wanted to be able to get out and be able to reach more people. He goes out and speaks to boys and girls clubs, has camp shows, but, you know, we're trying to gather leads based on maybe putting cards in a fishbowl. And so why not just expand it a little bit and be able, when you go out and you're speaking in front of an event, do something as simple as capturing leads via text or when you're at the uh, the trade show booth, again, capture leads by text. It's just one of the seven ways. You do it by text, by email, by phone, by QR code. It's just using the latest marketing technology to do it, but then integrate it into a system that all follows up automatically. So that that's the point is when after you've captured all the leads, the, the follow-up is so important. So many sales managers get so upset with their sales teams when they're just not following up fast enough or following up with the company's message. So, again, you just automate all that as part of the process and then integrate it into the, the webinars and that sort of piece that can then go on to basically sell on autopilot for you. So so that's um, kind of how, how the, that plays out. So if you're going to lead the team, if you're going to lead the team of of sales and marketing, uh, you have to be uh, technology friendly, or at least have someone on your team that is technology friendly, because you have to have to take advantage of it. Is that correct? Right. Well, I mean, certainly being familiar with the uh, the technology is is important. But what's what's nice about the tools that are out there now is that they're just becoming so user friendly and easy to use that the the people are able to do it. Um, it Pretty easily, and some people hear, "Oh, text marketing! I would never do that." But then you think of somebody who's even serving the older type of, of demographics, where they may be going after like re- retiree type clients that wouldn't typically be on their cell phones. But that's fine too, because you give out a phone number. If somebody in the audience wants to text in their name and number, then great, they can do it. But if not, they write down that phone number and they go home and pick up their phone and call that number, and then the mm-hmm. number would then have the uh, person that they want to reach, whether it's you know, so, 
an operator that's standing by to call, or if it's an automated voicemail that's then capturing it and recognizing the number. So that certainly works as well. So yeah, I would say um, that it's just kind of educating people on it's really not all that hard to do. And that's something that you know, my company actually gets into too, doing the, the training side of things, where it's, it's just showing, well, here's the tools, here's how you do it, and really all not, not that all that, that hard. And then when you do, what's nice is once everything is automated, that it gets into freeing up more of your time. So that way you can, like like we say, the whole point is kind of being able to reach more people, so then you can serve more and enjoy your life, live the life you've always imagined. But, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I mean, if they wanted to do it themselves, they could get training to learn how to do it. If you wanted to uh, hire someone, there's certainly young folks that love all types of new marketing technology that would do it for you, and there's certainly firms I mean, like ours or others that would take care of it for you as well. well that's wonderful. Now, now, you know what you're talking about because you wrote, promoted, and published, and this book became a bestseller in 10 days. Before you tell us more about that story, Patrick O'Donnell, tell people how they can reach you. How they can reach me? Yes, um, how can they the, contact you? The best way is really through our website. The website is RevStreamMarketing.com. That's R-E-V, then stream, S-T-R-A-M, and then marketing.com. And then on that page, there's a contact page. So if they send a message to the contact page, they'll be able to get to me. And then um, there's actually the any information that could get, get on there to um, – to, to find out more, there's a link for a webinar that goes through the details of the whole seven steps. Actually, that webinar that the um, the book was actually based on, and um, and just uh, other resources. That also on on the top of that website, there's uh, our book page, and comes with, of course, a lot of bonuses that will help people out as well. Now, this particular radio show got started because there were a lot of authors that joined a webinar. And the webinar was a way of getting authors to realize that they could get their book out there and market it and selling at a great speed. And that's how I met you. Um, so tell us now, how did you do this all in 10 days? My goodness, Patrick, 10 days. Well, yes. And I know when I say that, it's like some people are like, well, I feel bad. I've been writing my book for years. And it was certainly not to make anybody <laughs> feel bad. But then others were inspired by it. So if they were inspired by it, that's great. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of um, where I mentioned that marketing conference earlier, and then I went out for the run on the beach, and it kind of all came together. I had my music on and hit, hit the um, place where I basically pulled out pen and paper from my pocket, and I, I started realizing, like, okay, I have a message to share. I've marketed for other people. Now I want to be able to reach more people, so I need to market for myself. So what I'm going to do is basically I got down there on the beach and wrote out the outline for the book and then came back and um, – basically on the plane ride back from um, San Diego to Atlanta, created most of the outline for the book. And I sort of had a head start because I did have a blog and some other previous publications, so I pulled some of that together. But most of it was written. That's just kind of how I am while I am get inspired on doing something. I uh, I make it happen quick, and thanks goodness for my, uh, my wife, a wonderful proofreader and nice. editor because I do not do that well. Um, oh, that's good, yeah. nice. Yeah, so basically wrote it over a weekend, and then she proofed it on Sunday, and so submitted it to the Kindle store on Monday, and it was live uh, on the Kindle site um, right after that, and so basically wrote up the promotion campaign. And so what it was about 
was this was kind of done as a test to see if we could reach number one bestseller on the Amazon Kindle store within our category. And my birthday happened to be a few days later. So the idea was, hey, what a great day. I'll just do it on my birthday. Like as a birthday present, I want to give everybody my gift to this book so they can revolutionize their life. And so I thought, well, what a great way to reach people and kind of spread the word. So that was my goal date, which is an important part of one of the seven steps, always have a goal on the accountability. Um, But anyway, that was um, kind of how us came to place and then put out the promotional plan where we basically did a launch and had bonuses for those that bought on on my birthday and then um, sent it out to the the group and basically had promotional partners that helped to support it and, and push the message. And then it was a nice birthday present to see that um, we did end up hitting number one, again, just in our category. It was just starting out. Next time when we release the full printed version, we'll go for uh, maybe number one, all of Amazon, but at least for now, it (laughs) hit it for the category, and it was a nice way to uh, to celebrate the day and be able to get out to to reach more more people. So that's kind of how it came came about in the, the quick level of time. Okay, and and your proof that it can be done. Patrick O'Donnell, thank you so much. Again, I want everybody to be able to reach you at RevStreamingMarket.com, R-E-V-S-T-R-E-A-M-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G.com. Patrick O'Donnell, thank you so much for giving us a practical guide to being able to get our books out there to the public so we can enjoy life and they can too. Take care of yourself. Absolutely. Thank you again, Carol. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is a wonderful group of people. I'm so glad you could join us. I'm going to try to join Robert Pennington again. Robert Pennington, let's see if we still have that awful feedback going on. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I hope it's better this time. It's awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, great. I was holding my breath, but I wanted to get you in there. See, that's what that's, well, that's what you. your book that's what your book is all about is perseverance. Exactly. <laughs> I've been sitting here thinking how fortunate I didn't get in earlier. I would not have heard all of these wonderful people. <laughs> well, you know, and all these wonderful people do have a common theme that they have persevered in whatever way they need to, and not not take their foot off the uh, the, the gas pedal. Unsafely so. I mean, but. Until they were at their destination. In other words, they maintained consistency all the way through, regardless of really tough circumstances. One person having lung complication, and ten years later, she's still. I mean, we could go on and on. But Robert, tell us your story first. But tell us how we contact you. They can contact me at robertpennington.com. Okay. The book is "Find the Upside of the Down Times." How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into Your Best Opportunities, and that's available on Amazon, iTunes, and Kindle. And it's an autobiographical book. I've been doing therapy for 30 years and doing corporate training all that time, and what I learned is that people have difficulty dealing with change, and there are major what I call graduate school lessons in life that I describe in my book from my own life, about times when I got shot in the center of my chest, about getting fired and divorced and audited and widowed and caring for my wife with her illness for 10 years. Those are the graduate school lessons in life, but I've learned that if you don't deal with what I call the elementary school lessons, just all the little things all throughout the day, you're not going to be able to handle the big ones when they come. So that's a lot of what I focus on in the book is that every chapter ends with activities someone can do to practice in the everyday challenges of life. Because I think 
one of the things most people don't realize is that as inspiring and positive as you can be, you still have a lot of bad habits, <laughs> and you're still not going to be able to control your initial reaction to anything. It's just a habit. But what you can learn is to notice it quicker and move through it faster. And that's really has helped me tremendously stay healthy through a lot of difficult challenges. So people who are losing a job or losing a relationship or uh, losing their finances, you know, I relate to that. And I've got some lessons I learned that I'd like to save them some time and pain uh, to get to those lessons and some activities to make a difference every day. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to give us an example of some of those lessons and the challenges, but I want everybody to know you were also a clinical psychologist and you had a television show that dealt with stress as well at one point in time. And mm-hmm. so you come with a professional background, but what I appreciated so much about your bio you sent me is that this is about you being a human being surviving this, not being some uh, clinical psychologist sitting in your white throne. Excuse me, I'm a clinical psychologist too, so see, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I think if I wrote, that's true. I think if I wrote the book 20 years ago, it would have been more of a motivational book. Here are some wonderful ideas. Go live your life positively. Uh, but maybe just because I'm older now and I've been through a lot, I realize that that's not an easy message for people to incorporate. And so sharing my difficult times when I was like overwhelmed and, wow, my gracious, how am I going to handle this? And yet I was able to apply some tool or technique that helped me move through it quicker. And that's what I wanted to share is both that there are difficult things in life, there are challenges that many of us are dealing with now or definitely will in the future, and yet there are things we can do to turn those into something that's productive, that actually produces a better opportunity than we had before it happened. That's really the message. It's not just that there's something positive that comes out of something negative. It's something better comes out of something negative. Wow. Can you give us an example? Give us an example of something Well, I got fired. (laughs) <laughs> I got fired. How'd you turn it around? Um, How'd you turn that around? Well, um, I the story is I was sitting there with my boss in there telling me, you know, this isn't working and you need to leave. And I didn't even understand what she was talking about. And finally I'm starting to realize it. And, oh, my gosh, I'm just so upset. I mean, it's so unfair. It shouldn't happen. And the phone rings, and it's a man who is coming to town to teach a program that I had signed up for in stress management and spiritual growth. And his name was Charles, and he was telling me that, you know, he – needed to deal with some logistics, and I said, this is a bad time. I'm sitting here with my supervisor, and I'm being fired. And he said, you mean right now? And I said, yes. And he said, congratulations. <laughs> and I thought, wow. this guy's crazy. He's insane. Yeah, he doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. And it took me a number of months to realize what he knew in that moment, because he said he'd known some things about me when we called. And what he realized in that moment is, oh, Rob's going to be free all the time of this course. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of time with him. I'm going to have a lot of impact on him. His life's going to change, and he's going to be out here and doing some remarkable things. And it took me a while to realize that, and the message that I learned out of that is that, you know, you've heard the old wives tell, I guess, that, you know, when a door closes, a window opens, but there's a piece missing in that, and that is you have to turn around to find that window, and you have to take advantage of that opportunity. And so when the opportunity came to actually co-teach that program with Charles, I took it. And it really just changed the rest of my life. And so you have to be open to these opportunities when they come, but you also have to take advantage of them. And a lot of times I think we get so discouraged we don't even see them when they're there. I think we've been kind of raised with the idea that we're not really supposed to have hard times, and so when the hard times come, there's something wrong. And uh, Mm -mm. that's 
that's that's unrealistic because there's no way to get through life at all I without agree. really rough times coming. And so it's like, oh, okay, this is my rough time. And so where's that window that Dr. Robert Pennington was talking about? Is like the right, and you do have to look. And you do have to make a change, and sometimes it's in a different direction. You know, a lot of people who lose their job lost a job that they didn't like. It's not a job that they would have paid to have gotten to do. It wasn't a perfect career. But then they try to recreate that. See, we're attracted to what's familiar, even if it's not good for us. I had one client who'd been married eight times. It was like a hobby. <laughs> and oh, her complaint wow. was, they were all the same, you know. I was like, hmm, surprise, what's the common denominator here? Wow. And so sometimes the change we need to make that the challenge is offering is an uncomfortable one at first. It requires us to step into something that we are not familiar with, and a lot of times we avoid that. But if you can learn how to do it in all the small little ways in life, like when you're in line at the grocery store, rather than just stay upset for a while long you have to be there, uh, you could start to just choose to be in the line and start to be pleasant to the people around you, and magical things happen. You have just a wonderful experience that you would not have had being upset the whole time. These are really these are really obvious in a, in a sense if you're like available to what's going on around you and knowing that you can create a positive situation. It, it, what you're saying just makes so much sense and seems so natural and yet when we're in that state of depression or shock or loss or fear fear is huge it's really hard to, to determine yes. that part I, of it. I, I spent do that? three that's true i've spent three days in a fetal position <laughs> i yes. understand tara and and yes. but what i've learned to do is do what i call speed through stress in all the little ways that we're forced to stop and wait every day to learn how to recognize what I call my automatic stress reaction, which is when I hold my breath, tense my muscles, have self-doubt, think negative, and get serious. And I think we just do it without thought. And we do it many times a day, so we're really good at it. And what I want to do is learn to recognize it, not beat myself up for it, but learn to move from that to the positive opposite, which is called the stress management response, which is just to breathe, relax, reassure yourself, Think positive, look for some humor, smile for no reason, (laughs) and practice that all throughout the day. And what it does is it helps you be able to recognize your own stressful reaction as evidence that there's a change I need to make. Something happened in my life, I'm having difficulty with it, what do I need to do in order to deal with this better? Beautiful. Okay, so in other words, if you don't like something going on, and that's inevitable, then you have to also say to yourself, what What do I need to do to make this different? Because it's on me. Exactly. It's on me. In my book, I say there are three definitions of, ch- of stress and change. One is stress is resistance to change. So anytime a change is going in a direction I don't want it to go and I'm resisting it, I'm going to experience stress. The second definition is stress is a signal a change is needed. Now, sometimes we can make a change in the circumstance. We can change our world. And, boy, when you can do that, do that. That's terrific. But sometimes we can't. When my wife was ill with multiple sclerosis, well, I couldn't change that. I had to change my belief that I couldn't be as happy and successful and we couldn't have as much intimacy because of that illness. And we both had to make changes in dealing with that. The -hmm. third definition is stress occurs whenever I am unable to create a positive image of success in my mind. It doesn't mean I know how to achieve it. It just means I'm able to imagine that possibility. Stephen Covey's you know, begin at the end thing. Yeah. So that's a practical thing.
thing. You know, a lot of times people worry about being late when they're in traffic. Well, you could take a moment to imagine what it would be like if you arrived on time because 90% of the time we do arrive on time. We were just mm. practicing being upset in the car. Mm. Uh, so it's just a lot of this? these little things throughout the day that I'm trying to share in my book that made a difference in my life so I know it will make a difference for others. Okay, and the name of your book again is Find the Upside of the Downtime. How to Turn Your Worst Experience into Your Best Opportunities. How can they find this book? Uh, Amazon, Kindle, iTunes. Dr. Rob Pennington, I'm going to have a lot of material. I'm redoing my website completely, and we'll um, put a lot of uh, audios, webinars, videos that I've created for many years that I just haven't made available. Now I'm going to do that. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Dr. Robert Pennington, Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you again. You're welcome. Thank you again for your persistence. Oh, I'm glad to have it. Okay, take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. And so as we leave, Robert, we're going to go to Dr. Mitchell Kretschner. Have I said that right, Dr. Mitchell Kretschner? How are you doing Yeah, today? yes, you did, Carol. You can just leave it at Dr. Mitchell. That'll work. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Okay. You know, you have some interesting credentials in terms of being a naturopathic, naturopathic doctor and a gourmet cook. Oh, my household needs you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I desperately. And so, tell, tell us, you come to looking at life from a biochemical and a physiological uh, point of view. And this, and this to me, this is essential to everything else. I mean, all of it comes together. But this is so essential to see ourselves as. Chemical labs, we are chemical labs, so we might as well treat ourselves, our bodies that way. But tell us more about your book. The title is How 10 Seconds Could Change Any Situation. And it seems, yeah, it seems perfectly ideal to have follow Rob there. I was just listening. And, you know, everything that he talks about is the general theme for what's going on in our world right now. And so much of it is based on our perception, how we perceive things. The one, maybe not the one, but a missing link to all of this is really following several of your earlier speakers' talks was how to find that balance between what is the physical, what is the emotional, what is the spiritual. And you need to realize, you know, it's a real fine line between what's first, the chicken or the egg, You know, what came first, the thought or the reaction? Well, we base it on the fact that thought comes first. Mm. But within seconds following the thought, there is a physiological response, which is the endocrine system, the hormones, which once they're secreted based on your thought and the emotions that you feel, because remember, thought has almost a direct link to the limbic system in the brain. Mm -hmm. So once that thought has been contracted, the limbic system sends out an emotional signal through a hormone, which then stimulates this whole biochemical cascade. So how you perceive life can make a huge determination. In other words, if the two of us are looking out the window and we see a cloudy day, one of Mm. us is going to think, oh, what a terrible day. Mm. And the other one's probably going to look out and might think, wow, this is great. I'm so glad to see, you know, a cloudy day. It's been so hot and sunny. And it's the same day, but we're having two emotionally different reactions to the day. Now, it starts with the emotion, but then it leads to the chemical reactions that follow. So when I say, how can 10 seconds make a difference? 
Well, like Rob was just saying, if you're standing in the line or you're sitting in traffic, then you're going to turn around and you go, you have split seconds to decide whether or not you're going to take that uh, situation and make it work for you or make it work against you. And you have that power. Of all the things that we have control of in our life, the one thing you can count on is how you perceive something. Now, what I like and what I have seen in my 20, almost 25 years of being in the health field, combining nutrition and exercise, you've you've had some amazing speakers. I have to tell you, Dr. Carroll. Uh, <laughs> I know they're great. I have been on great. since the beginning, <laughs> and it's I've I've been hesitant to call because I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> but anyway, when you when you really when you look at our whole reaction to things, you know, you think about what's missing. Okay, so we know we have an emotional response based on a perception of something that we see, which leads to this biochemical cascade. So what happens there? What happens if we throw a wrench in the sprockets? What happens if by chance we're standing in that line at the grocery store and you know you hear you should never go shopping if you're hungry, right? Because then you buy things you probably wouldn't have or might not have had you gone if you weren't hungry. But you're also going to be a little shorter on your patience, on your tolerance level. Why? Because your blood sugars are dropping. Your fuel tank is getting empty and you're running a little on fumes. So as your liver is making the conversion of stored glycogen into usable fuel, your body is now in this place of running on fumes. So in that interim of shift you're going to be a little bit easier to lose your tolerance, your patience. You might, you know, say something you might regret later. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I mention and I go into detail a little bit, a lot more in the book is, you know, how much our blood sugars can determine how we react to things. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a number of put, uh, police departments across the country that are now having their patrol people carry blood glucose monitors because someone hypoglycemic could actually be driving as if they're drunk. And when you test their blood sugars, you find out they're not drunk. They're literally, they're low in blood sugar. Their blood glucose levels have dropped. Their brains are not functioning properly, and so their reactions are slower or more erratic. And you give them a, a bite of something, an apple, a carrot, a carrot juice, and you find within moments that all of a sudden you have a different person on your hand. The same thing you, holds true. What's that? With epoxia. Are you going to talk about epoxia? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That was the next step. So all in right. the 10 seconds, when we're talking about how 10 seconds can make such a difference, There's four simple steps, and I'm going to give those to you right now, and I want you to practice. The first step, stop what you're doing. Unless you're, you know, like I say in the book, unless you're holding a piano (laughs) over your head, you probably don't want to stop what you're doing right then and there. But otherwise, either physically or metaphorically, stop what you're doing, step number one. Step number two, step back. If you can, physically. Otherwise, just think about it. Step back. Step three, take three deep abdominal breaths. We want to use the diaphragm. It's an extremely underused muscle in our body. And the way you know that you're using your diaphragm is when your belly expands, when you breathe deeply. 
Okay. When you've taken that third breath, you have to understand that by by oxygenating your blood on this level, you're actually changing the pH of your blood chemistry. Okay, and I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because I have to do a radio announcement here. Sorry about that. Sure. I have three more wonderful people that will stay on the line, if you please can, because guess what? Blog Talk Radio allows us to record this past the time of the show so that all the people on demand that listen to this program will still be able to listen to this the remaining three interviewees, and these are amazing individuals, so do not tune out. And I believe if you're still listening, you can actually keep listening. But in 30 minutes after the show is done, you can all listen to this on demand, and you can share this with everybody you know. These are authors that will change your life and those around you, delivering messages that are perfect for any individual who wants to improve their life. Okay, so having made that, please hold on, those of you that are still waiting to speak. And uh, I am with Dr. Michael Kirshner. Continue. You're on step number three of your simple step strategies. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mitchell. Uh, Oh, Mitchell. Oh, gosh. Okay, got it. Mitchell. That's okay. (laughs) I've I've been linked to the St. Michael a number of times. Oh, there we go. Mitchell. So third step, third step is three deep breaths. Now, if you think about this, the time it takes you to stop what you're doing, step back and take three deep breaths is somewhere between four and five seconds. And in the last five to six seconds, it's kind of like what Rob was saying a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Think about what are your decisions. Think about what you're, what you're going to say, how you might react to something. When you've come home from a long day at work and the kids are kind of running around the house and screaming a little because that's what kids do, are you going to walk into the door and just go into reactionary mode or are you going to walk in and take some deep breaths, realizing you've had a, a long day and maybe you are hypoglycemic, maybe you haven't breathed very well, that if you just take five or six seconds and think about what your needs are, I always think of the analogy, you know, if you're sitting on a plane and the oxygen masks come down, what do they tell you to do? Hmm. Put them on yourself first. Take care of yourself first. It does not make you selfish to take care of yourself first. What it does is it puts you in a better position to take care of others around you. Mm -hmm. One of the other books that I'm going to write, I've started, is called Healer, Heal Thyself. Hmm. I've taken care of a number of elders who have passed on. And the one thing that I see as a general theme is that people who take care of them, the care providers, don't take very good care of themselves. So they're falling apart. So I bring it back to the the fourth step, which is take that moment, take those five seconds, and literally just, what do I need to center myself? Is it a drink Mm -hmm. of water? Is it one more deep breath? Is it, you know, a handful of grapes or, you know, whatever, some water. Maybe I'm dehydrated. I haven't drank water all day long. So in each of the chapters, the first part of the book, I talk about all the different biochemical things that happen when you're low oxygen, when you're low blood sugar, excuse me, you know, how the body actually deals with these things physiologically. And the last part of the book goes into more examples of, you know, how do we deal with, like in a driving situation, when you get cut off, what's a typical response? We call it road rage, (laughs) right? 
Oh, I'm going to get that person back. Well, you know, if you just take a few deep breaths, do the four steps, step step back or, you know, think about what you're about to do, and come to some sort of a decision. Do you think that that person woke up that morning and they were figuring out how they were going to cut you off that day? Hmm. Or maybe they had gotten some bad news. Maybe they just weren't paying attention. Granted, Hmm. we could all, uh, I'm sure we can all relate to not paying attention at times. Hmm. So before you just go into reaction, take a couple deep breaths. And instead, what I always like to do with my patients over the years, and if I'm asking them to give up something, I replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. If I ask them to give up soda, I replace it with seltzer water and organic juice and make their own soda. So in this case, instead of going into road rage, why not replace it with a moment of compassion? Why not think for just one second, maybe they just got fired. Maybe they just heard some bad news. Maybe they just weren't paying attention. It had nothing to do with me personally. Hmm. And in just five seconds, you can shift your whole reality and, turns out, shift the rest of your day. And your physiology. And the physiology. Because once you've gone into rage, you have now ignited the fight-or-flight syndrome. So I know most people have heard about this, but need, you need to understand when you say fight or flight, you are setting off a myriad of hormonal secretions during those just literally moments of that rage. You set off uh, several milliliters of adrenaline and cortisol. And we know that, that it, takes, it could take several hours for those things to actually be metabolized to where they're no longer affecting your blood pressure. When we talk about things like hypertension, if you really break that word down, what are what's what is it telling us? We're hypertense. How do we get less tense? Breathe deep, stay hydrated well, change the way we handle a situation. We become less tense and you can do it in ten seconds. Beautifully stated. Doctor Mitchell how do we get a hold of your book? Uh, I'm revamping the website, which is Holistic Fitness Doctor, and that's just D-R. So okay. holisticfitnessdoctor.com. Okay. And you can also, if they wanted to email, it could Dr. Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, 1961, at Gmail. Dot com. Beautiful. And the name of your book again? How 10 Seconds Can Change a Situation or Can can Really Change an Outcome. Yeah. Four Simple Steps, Carol, that's all it takes. Ten, Literally 10 seconds, and it becomes an exercise that you can conduct throughout the day, teach children how to do it. If you're dealing with a workmate, or you're on the phone with someone who's a little irrational, just ask them to take a couple of deep breaths. Because when we go into that place, we actually go into shallow chest breathing, which increases the acidity of our blood, which causes us to become more irritable. And we can reverse that with three deep breaths and five seconds Thank you so. Thank you so much for showing us. This is... Life doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to be mindful and conscious of taking yeah. control. 
Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Mitchell. Thank you, Dr. Carol, and it was a pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, right on the heels of Dr. Mitchell, we're going to talk to Mark Carlin. Mike Carlin, are you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, thank, thank you, Carol. For, thanks for hanging around. I am very much looking forward to finding out more about uh, your virtual gastric band workbook because this really addresses weight loss, and all the different surgical interventions that are being taken. Uh, and I'm sorry to say this, but I'm often consulted for making analysis of whether or not a person is mentally sound enough to, enough to go through these um, major surgical removements of intestinal tracts or shrinkage of their stomach. And I have rarely seen anybody um, be able to tackle these surgical situations with with positive consequences. They may lose some weight, but I can go on and on about all the detrimental consequences that have occurred because of these surgeries. But I'm not going to do that other than to introduce that you all offer an alternative, my understanding is. And, Mark, people need to hear it, so talk to us about it. First, how do they get in touch with you, and what's the name well, of your uh, book in full? The uh, the name of the book is the virtual uh, Sheila Granger's Virtual Gastric Band Workbook. It's the um, the solution to the worldwide obesity epidemic. Uh, you can um, uh, find the, the book on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble online. The um, uh, the best way to contact me would be through my email, which is mark m a r c at hypnoticstate.com. dot com. And uh, basically, the the um, the program that we offer is an alternative uh, to a lot of the other ways of losing weight. Most people go through uh, a weight loss program that's focused on dieting, uh, which uh, I believe sets up a deprivation mentality, which uh, has a boomerang effect. Uh, it 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 brings people back into that uh, terrible twos. Uh, where they, where somebody, you know, parent says you can't do this, and terrible too goes, of course, yeah, watch me, and uh, mm. and that's the kind of mentality that uh, most diets uh, work on. They they tell you what you can and cannot eat, and I think that's uh, while that is something that should be a choice of what you choose to to eat, what your diet should be made up of. Uh, and you should choose, you know, my optimal goal is for everyone to choose a healthy diet that's healthy for them. But uh, what what you really need to do first is get in touch with quantity of food, get in touch with what your body naturally tells you what the right amount of food is. Uh, all of us who have ever been around infants or toddlers, we all know that uh, infants and toddlers know exactly the right amount of food to eat. They'll get the nipple out of their mouth. They'll, they'll throw the bottle out of the crib. Uh, they'll turn their heads away from the spoon when they've had enough. Uh, yeah. They know. We And that's us. We naturally know what the right amount of food is. We've kind of trained ourselves how to ignore it to the extent where a lot of us don't even know that we have it anymore. So what we do with the hypnotic process with this program is use people's imagination to uh, get in touch with the quantity of foods that they're eating, and then start to make choices based upon uh, knowing that they've had enough to eat. Hmm. Okay, so go ahead. ahead. (laughs) How does this program work? I mean, you're mentioning that using people's imagination, 
Can you, can you kind of walk us down the path about how powerful our imagination is and how, and what are you having people imagine in this virtual gastric band uh, procedure? Well, our imagination is, is extremely powerful. Uh, in fact, I think it's, uh, it's the reason why we do anything in our lives. Uh, we develop motivation. We develop fears based upon imagined results. Uh, when we think about uh, an example of, of, the, of one of the, uh, the ways our imagination works to our detriment, if someone that you love is expected to be in a certain place at a certain time and they don't show up, uh, a lot of us start to think about what the, the negative connotations that could be. Right. Uh, whether they got you know hurt or maybe they're in the hospital, why aren't they here? Especially if it's a young child, you know those are the things that our imagination starts to take hold of, and we can work ourselves up into quite a frenzy, uh, increasing our, our blood pressure, uh, causing a, a tremendous amount of stress, uh, just using our imagination incorrectly. So, the imagination is a very powerful tool, and that's what. Uh, uh, hypnosis, hypnotists, and hypnotherapists uh, work with is uh, people's imagination. Sometimes we have to train people to increase the effectiveness of their imagination, uh, especially in a positive uh, in a positive way. Uh, but most people that come uh, or that are attracted to this type of a program, uh, they usually come on board already having a pretty good imagination. And that's usually what attracts them in the first place. So we use their imagination and we guide them through an imaginary surgery uh, where they're given suggestions that their stomach has now shrunk very small. Uh, And because they're overeating, they're certainly eating way more than the size of their stomach anyway. Because our stomachs aren't a rigid rigid, uh, organ. It expands. But if you Mm. just ate the proper amount of food that would fit into the organ as it is, it would be way smaller than what most people's portions are anyway. Mm. So we use the the image of a very small uh, golf ball to hook people into a dramatic shift in the quantity of food. Uh, And it doesn't mean that they're going to be eating that small a quantity, but they are going to be eating significantly less than they were eating Wow. That now now how do you know that these procedures work and is it for everybody? Well, Sheila uh, Granger who developed the program over in the UK, she put it through a couple of trials, anecdotal trials, uh where she had uh, a close to a 95% success rate. Uh it was a anecdotal trials. These are two anecdotal trials. They were short term and we're currently involved in a uh a medical school and, and university-sponsored uh, clinical trial with a control group that uh, the initial stages of it have all been extremely positive. Everyone in the initial um, in the initial time frame has lost weight. The the results of the study will be published or will be uh, uh, will be finalized at the end of the summer or the middle of the fall. Okay. So we'll get more information. It's a little longer-term study than just a you know, going through the basic program, which is a, a four-session program, usually happens over about a month's time. And and how how much weight do people lose within that month? As on average, the, uh, I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, the the average from the trials that Sheila did was the average was seven pounds the first week and one to two pounds a week uh, after that. The uh-huh. uh, the goal of the of the program is to 
to sensibly just remove weight without dieting, without feeling deprived on an average of one to two pounds a week. And when people come to me, uh, when we tell them that, uh, would you be happy losing one to two pounds a week without feeling deprived, without being on a diet? Most people say yes. I mean, it is a sensible way of losing weight. It's not a. It's not something that where you have to, you know, fit into a gown in, in a week's time to go to a wedding, and you have to ten or twenty pounds to lose. That's not really what this program is about. That that that's interesting. I mean, now is this like does this involve self hypnosis or other sorts of procedures that take place in between the four sessions, or what? What's the commitment to people? Absolutely. There, there's a commitment that we're we're looking to get from the client when they come in. Uh, we want them to uh, they they agree to follow certain guidelines, <clears throat> and the guidelines have to do with how you eat, uh, when you eat. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the type of foods. So you can eat anything at all. Uh, just eating within the guidelines is important. That's to train you on proper eating techniques and. As you do this on a regular basis, as you know, all habits are created over time through repetition. That's what we're looking to get them to do, starting to create these new healthier behaviors that become habits, and they're in opposition to the old behaviors that were unhealthy habits. And as you know, you can't have two opposing habits running at the same time, so it's either one or the other. There's also a self-hypnosis component to it that we we uh, have clients agree to listening to a recording, reinforcing uh, suggestions while they're in trance, and that happens between the sessions. Hmm. You know, I, I think that while you're being extremely uh, clear and being extremely, you know, like clinical in terms of organizing everything, I think that um, I want people to really realize that this is a very liberating process because you're you're engaging your mind, your imagination, your subconscious into being able to look at your stomach at the size it probably should be anyway and you're re- kind of like restorative uh, experience because you're re-engaging with your body to go back to eating the little that it needs as opposed to the much that um, claim jumpers or whatever puts on our, t- on our, on our, in front of us. So that this exactly. is liberating. This is absolutely liberating to go, oh, wow, I, oh, I don't have to eat all of this to feel satisfied. I can move into satisfaction with this wonderful relationship with my body and satisfaction will return me to the size my normal body should be. Well, Carol, that, that's extremely insightful of you because one of the main, uh, the main responses that really, um, that really gets me going is when, the, when people come in after that very first session and it's almost like, you know, the, 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 Window shades have been opened. Their eyes are lighting up. They're they're thrilled to know that they're not broken. They've actually realized that there is a signal that they've been ignoring, and now they can hear it. Now they can respond to it, and it just sets them up. It, it, it boosts their self-esteem. It is very liberating. It's a freedom to have that mm-hmm. to be able to have that choice. Yes. In other words, the food on front of you is no longer making your choices for you. It's your connection with your body. And, uh, yeah, that's beautifully said. Again, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get a hold of your book? Well, we have a couple of, uh, a couple of websites uh, for people, for, for doctors, therapists, and hypnotists that are looking to take this training. We have a, a training website. 
called uh, it's virtualgastricbandtraining.com. And uh, for people who are interested in, in uh, seeing me uh, for uh, personal needs, uh, my website is virtualgastricbandnewyork.com, and that's New York spelled out. Okay. Okay, do both of those again one more time. Yeah. Uh, the training website is virtualgastricbandtraining.com, and the uh, my my. Uh, my hypnosis practice website for the virtual gastric band is virtualgastricbandnewyork.com, and New York is spelled out. There's also one other website. Since we've been training, we have over 500 uh, trained medical doctors and and um, therapists and hypnotists around the world. There's a, um, a website that's devoted to the directory for those that we've trained in the States. It's called virtualgastricband.net. Beautiful. Mark Carlin, thank you so much for uh, giving us yet another intervention into having a better relationship with our body and food. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Carol. Thank you very much. Take Take care. care. And now, last but not least, I actually lost a caller, but I'll talk about her in a second. I'm trying to reach Jonathan Chase. And Jonathan Chase, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Hello. Where's mine? Yeah. Jonathan, you there? Or is this Wendy? It's Wendy. Oh, Wendy! See, you have I have unknown here on my switchboard, and I so, and you're both calling from the UK. Oh, Wendy, I'm. So I'm actually calling from Australia. Oh, you're calling from Australia? Okay. Well, I didn't know that either. So, two of you from Australia. You know, mm-hmm. I'm. It's 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 pithy and pointed that we're ending our program with you, and I thank you so much for hanging in there, because you have a plethora of books and topics that address body, weight, money, youthfulness. Uh, I mean, wow. It's it's like you are demonstrating that we are a summation of the gestalt, of the totality of life, and you're doing that through your books. So tell us about your books, how people can reach you, and where would you like to go from there in your discussion of yourself and your works? Okay, well... Thank you for inviting me to be on your program, Carol. Um, I've started writing these books because I had a lot of friends that we talk about different things, what people want, why they need to make changes in their life. And so with the anti-aging diet, I created the Body Tone Health Program. That's to help people with their health and to make changes quite quickly. And with that, I created a program, a health program, so that people can lose three to six kilos and look five years younger in four weeks. And this is the type of health program that's used by professional models, dancers, and fitness and figure professionals. And so with these girls, they need to look fantastic, but they need to whip into shape very quickly. And so why not do that for everyone? So if you wanted to, um, you know, correct your health in a way that you can kickstart it and make some positive moves in it, doing the anti-aging diet is terrific because um, it combines not just the healthy eating but what you need to do to have the correct well-being to be able to cope with the changes that you're making. And at the same time, you need to do a little bit of exercise but it doesn't need to be drastic changes. It needs to be gradual and consistent. 
So this is where most people literally fall off the wagon is they make the initial burst of effort, but then they think, right, I'll go back to my old ways, and that's really not going to work. So when you come across people that have been able to turn around and change their lives and get out of diabetes and be able to get off medication and things like that, this is the type of diet that you can use and use it very successfully. And one of the things that... Tell us, keep going. Oh, sorry, Carol. Um, one of the things that is, is very positive about this is that you can create lasting change but do it step by step. So where it's very important is that you take a lot of um, anything that is a preservative, anything that is an additive out of your diet immediately if you want to make a snap change. So people want to make, they want to see immediate changes and you can start seeing changes in as little as seven days but you'll feel those changes because it's like detoxifying your body at the same time by removing all the additives so anything that comes in a cardboard box or any type of packaging um, throw it out for the, the first four weeks and with what we do we replace anything that's white with something that's brown so it's getting back to the basics of food. It's making simple things that can really cleanse your body and take the toxins out of your body. And that cleanses the toxins out of your liver, your kidneys, all your organs, just by putting in pure foods or what they call clean eating. And so this is why I thought, you know, having been a professional dancer myself and a model, and then I went on to fitness and figure with the bodybuilding and ended up becoming a, an international judge on that. This is what these girls do. But people can do it so that they can get rid of the toxins in their body and flush their body out and do it in a natural way and do it very efficiently. So it's a very simple diet to do. And at the same time, I've created... I'm also a hypnotherapist and a hypnotist and I'm the number one Australian female stage hypnotist. Um, I came across a lot of things where people need to change their attitude and they need to be able to cope with changes that they're making. So it's I've put scripts in there so people can actually take out some me time for themselves and focus on themselves and it only takes literally 15 minutes a day to be able to do that and you just read through the script and you say right this is what I want to do and you can adapt it to what you want to do and all different topics like healing the different emotional things that you go through to cope with life anyway so this is just some of the things that are added into the anti-aging diet um, with body tone health program and with that, one of the things that I created was Miss Unity, which was a self-development program to create confident young women. And so that includes not only your diet, but also uh, your outlook, the way you present yourself, and the way you communicate as well. And so with that, that has evolved. And I've just... Um, putting the finishing touches to my television documentary, Miss Unity, and I'm about to go to Las Vegas in about a week or so to start shooting the next one. So this is how it all evolves with their health and well-being in that it's something that everyone can use, whether they're a man or a woman, and the um, anti-aging diet. But then with Miss Unity, I created that so it's a self-development program to create confident young women. So they do make good choices for themselves. They do have a good chance of being very successful in their life if they know what path to follow. And so with what I try to create is just a guideline to young people to uh, be able to set standards for themselves. So these are the types of things that I created with Miss Unity and the Body Tone Health Program and the Anti-Aging Diet. And then um, I got very interested in... Um, how to make money and how to do it successfully because 
these things go hand in hand and as you get progressed in life you want to be successful and so I had studied a lot about property and um, so I wrote an e-book how to make $10,000 a month out of property and you can do that with tax liens and deeds there's all different ways that you can do it and that is uh, part of my book that's going to be coming out uh, later on this year with how to make a million dollars out of property in your spare time and that's a collection of stories about how other people have done that and so it's always good so that people know uh, there could be something that they could relate to. Wow that is a that's a plus run across the board um, I, I don't know where to begin in terms of discussing any of that but I, I but one thing that comes to my mind is that in your Miss Unity and in your uh, the anti-aging diet the body tone health program you are actually helping young people to veer away from the damage of anorexia and bulimia or obesity um, so the, and steering them toward health. Health. I think this is wonderful to be able to offer this to the, the young people. Where, where are we going to see Miss Unity? Um, Miss Unity is going to be shown uh, across America um, and also in several other countries as well. And um, so I'm just finishing the final editing on it. It will be ready um, at the end of this week and I'm going to Las Vegas on the 17th of July to go and have it shown in Las Vegas. And so it's going to be a very exciting time. And at the same time, I get to launch my books as well, which is incredible. But with Miss Unity, you know, we've got three different age groups for that. And that goes from teens, from 13 to 17. And then from, uh, Miss, that's for Miss Teen Unity. And then Miss Unity is 18 to 30. And then we have Miss Unity Sports Model, which is 18 to 35. And it's, um, it's good because the girls actually get a lot of self-development out of it, but at the same time they feel terrific and good about themselves. And with the follow-up of uh, the Body Tone Health Program, it all goes hand in hand so people do make the right choices because one of the things I found as a professional dancer, I started doing professional dancing and modelling as a teenager while I was at school, and uh, the focus is on always being slim and with what I try to teach people is how to have a good body image no matter what age you are and that is, comes from self-acceptance but where women strive is that they want to be perfect all the time and it's about being happy with what you have and who you are and making the most of yourself at that time. So a lot of it is by being able to follow a good healthy eating plan and, and moderate exercise so that you are at your best for what you can be and accepting your body shape and learning how to dress around that and make the most of that. So it's a combination of things, uh, in particular with Miss Unity, so that girls know that they have a bit of control about the way they look and what they can do to make themselves look and feel good about themselves. That's wonderful. That's very, very dedicated. Now, how can people access this book or... Um at these books and these ideas? Well, I've got a, a um, few websites. Uh, okay. They can contact me at missunity.com and also bodytonehealth.com and property101.org. Okay, so let's see. So missunity.com, bodytonehealth.com. And your last one again was? property101.org. Property101.org. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Wendy Lamont, L-A-M-O-N-T, and you can contact her through each of these websites. This is very worth looking at, especially if you have a daughter that's like wondering or dealing with body image issues as opposed to health issues and turning that around. And tell us a little bit about yourself, Wendy, in terms of your background as a dancer, a model, and then a... Um, a bodybuilder? Yes, it's, it's quite interesting. I was very much a, an athlete at school and um, I always loved dancing as a child and swimming and ballet and um, I was able to go to to our state competition as a, as a swimmer um, in primary school and was a, a state-level gymnast and anyway, so I went on from that and with my dancing... Um, I turned professional while I was still at school and same with the modelling. So I was one of these kids that was doing TV commercials and doing literally, you know, 15 to 20 hours of dancing a week and so very much the high achiever. And at the same time, um, you have to be really, you have to have a lot of strength. And so there was family friends that they used to come from the country and stay with us in Sydney to go to the Australian Bodybuilding Championships. And so I got involved in that because with the bodybuilding, it's strength training. So it's re- a lot of it is resistance training. And so with the strength training, I actually had one of our family friends um, practicing part of deux with me so he could pick me up and, and walk me around in the backyard. And I mean, it's funny to think of now, <laughs> you know, because this is what kids do. But you yeah. know, I was 14. 14 when I got involved in um, bodybuilding and it's about being lean and strong so as a ballerina you actually need to be very strong but you have to be very lean and have a lot of energy so um, now nutrition is a lot better but when I was going through there was very little knowledge on that and so it's one of those things that as I became a professional dancer and then went uh, through the different aspects of dancing, um, I actually ended up having a, a fall and dislocated my knee and um, while I was at, actually at a performance. So um, I ended up just going to auditions for everything and my modelling career took off and with that you have to, um, again, be very slim and when you dance professionally, you dance six to eight hours a day to be able to do a performance at night and this is what people don't understand, the level of of um, being an athlete so with that you have to be able to eat the right foods and at the same time be strong and healthy and look very very thin Um, and as you get a little bit older I mean from that I had a professional dancing career for 10 years and with the modeling really took off and I did a lot of modeling for a long time but whilst I was doing that, I was studying and doing a lot of courses and I went on to work in film and television and became a film and television producer and mm-hmm. did that for a long time. Um, and at the same time, I always had this interest because as um, working in television, you get used to the formula of TV programs and then it's the content that changes. So it's the content that makes it very interesting so I worked across the board on all the different programs that were done by a national broadcaster, but then I got involved in a lot of TV commercials, corporate work, and then worked on a lot of films. So 
I've been very fortunate in my career in that I've been able to see a lot and enjoy a lot and create my own opportunities. And I just saw that there was a real need for um, particularly young women to yeah. know how they can have control of their body and control of their life by what they put in it and what they do with it. And a lot of girls, there's no training for that. So that's why I created that program and actually taught it in some of the schools here in Sydney for um, a number of years and very successfully. So a lot of the kids really enjoyed it. And then from that I just expanded it with writing the Body Tone Health Program and with the anti-aging diet, um, my doctor actually endorsed it as well because she said, this is brilliant, this gives strength, mm -hmm. it gives um you know, a lot of energy to you and at the same time they're lean foods. So, uh, you know, it's it's actually probably the cheapest thing you could do because you're dealing with um, basic vegetables and the, the basic food groups and it's about having unprocessed food. So um, by doing that, you actually eliminate a lot of toxins and it it is very detoxifying for your body because you're really getting back to the basics. And you'll find with the different types of cooking techniques, so if you want to um, you know, have something literally go through, you steam the food and add lots of herbs to um, give it flavour and things like that. There's all these little tricks that you can do that really make life interesting while you're on that first four weeks because with the first four weeks, that's when you're actually changing your habit. And a lot of people have the habit of being addicted to food. So rather than saying, oh, I enjoy, this is my favourite food, they become addicted to food. And what you want to do is break that and so that you really enjoy your food. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy real food and, and, mm. and, cultivate, your, and cultivate your real body so you can that's be right. your real mind. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad I had a chance to talk to you, Wendy. I wish I could go visit you on July 17th in Las Vegas. And those individuals who are in Las Vegas, how would they see you? How would they see your program? Oh, well, if they'd like to contact me, we're going to be um, doing Miss Unity between July 19th and July 21st. And with that, we're doing. it's going to be very exciting. We're doing a lot of photo shoots and videos and and um, television interviews and things like that. So it's best if they just contact me through the website and then I can give them the details of where they can catch up with me if they want to be a part of it or if they want to come along. Wonderful. Thank MissUnity.com. Okay. Thank you for summarizing our, our show with uh, the encouragement to be healthy and wealthy and in your right mind. Take care, Wendy. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much, Carol. Talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Well, folks, that is our show for the day. I am overwhelmed with just a wonderful feeling of glow that we have been so immersed in the dynamic of living life fully and completely and committed to your well-being and to the well-being of this planet and this world. I mean, these people, 15 people have given us tools and if we just embrace them, and they're not difficult to embrace, 10 seconds of this and a few weeks of that, they're not difficult to embrace. We will change ourselves and potentially have a great deal of influence in other people's lives too. Well, I wish you the very best for the day, for the rest of the day, and I will talk to you again next week, Monday, 10 o'clock. Join me. We're going to be having Dr. Shelley Stockwell, 